And the difference between that is because in your mind palace, you had a different yep. set of yep. glasses on yep. to watch that yep. movie. Okay, yep. cool. All right. Just checking that that was what you were talking about. <laughs> we can start now. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just checking. That's the stupid shit you were talking yeah. about. Yep. Welcome once again aboard Beef Station. Join us as we rocket through the stars at the speed of sound. I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. I really almost said I'm Oscar. <laughs> really almost said I'm Oscar. It's been a little while since I've been <laughs> I'm Oscar. I'm Oscar. I'm Oscar. What? I'm Oscar. Which one of us is wrong? I'm confused. <laughs> Because <laughs> if you thought you were right when you said you're Oscar, maybe I'm wrong when I'm saying I'm Oscar. Maybe no, but yeah. even neither is her Oscar. Um, oh man, we were arguing before about whether the room we were going to be recording in is too echoey. I think we have already got our answer. But what fuck. you reckon it's too echoey? <laughs> well, we're also not wearing headphones this week. Yeah, so maybe it's uh, often. Uh, maybe it, maybe it always sounds like this without headphones on. I think cut this bit out, and no one else will know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're daft punking yourself with the differences. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. We have a little boop. Um, <laughs> this <right>. week. <laughs> okay, th- uh, this is, of course, our movie podcast where each week we faff around for about half an hour. Mm. New special features, tell you what else we've been up to, and then we cover a movie of the week. This week, our movie is The Handmaiden, directed by <laughs> Park Chan-wook. And we have a half movie this week, which we can <laughs> argue about later. <laughs> well, see, we, we have a movie, we have, we have another movie, which we're not sure if it's beefness or pleasure. And we both watched it, and I think that makes it part of the pod. But Oscar says he wasn't in the mind frame of watching it while he... Of watching it... Thinking that it would be on the pod while I was watching we were both think- watching it. I was watching so it thinking it was pleasure, He wasn't beefness. on the clock. And so yeah. for him, that means it's, <laughs> it doesn't count. It doesn't, fu- it doesn't count. Okay. We watched it for fun. All right. I we didn't, we didn't have our usual two-hour-long Skype call where we were like... <laughs> that either means I'm never in beefness mode or I'm always in beefness mode. That's well, why your distinction Yeah, yeah, exactly. Means. What do you want to watch, man? I don't know. What do you want to watch? Is that your secret? True, You're like Hulk style. It. You're like, that's my secret. I'm always in yeah, beef. I'm always I'm watching always it for the pod. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so Park Chan-wook is a Korean director who um, most is famous. most famous for Old Boy. Yes. To be honest, I didn't know that Old Boy was a movie this guy had directed. I didn't know that the director of The Handmaid... The fuck happened there? <laughs> I didn't know when I saw this movie pop up... Um, that it was that That guy. it was that guy. Right. I just thought, to be honest, um, I saw that it's highly rated on Letterboxd, and I thought, well, it's, it's highly rated on this like list of movies. Mm. I'll watch that. And it's Korean. I liked Parasite. Mm. This is a Korean movie. That's the same thing. Sure. I'll watch that and it'll All be the Korean same thing. All Korean movies are the same. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, so so I, I, we watched it separately, but I watched it first. Um, All right, mate. I don't think that really matters. And I no, I got like I got like an hour and a half into it and it became abundantly clear right off the bat that this is a very, very sexy movie. Oh yeah, you gave me a heads up. Yeah. <laughs> just, how, just how horny <laughs> well, this movie I gave is. You, I gave you a heads up because I had told you, oh, I really want to watch this movie. Let's watch this movie. And yep. that's sort of all we said. It was I on my like, list as well, so I was aware of it. I thought like, fuck... In Andrew's mind, I've been like, let's watch this movie. It's my choice. We're watching this. And you get home and it's like half an hour of like 
sex, like full you, on porno sex If you think that's scenes? bad, I had to go through an hour of tech support to recover my iTunes account <laughs> because that's the only place that you could say. And I said what movie I was renting. During that call. So if they bothered to look up the content, they were like, fucking hell. This man is... This man is on a... Is, he is a juggernaut <laughs> to watch this erotic thriller. This man is absolutely furious. He goes, if I can't watch this lady, fuck her brains yeah, out. Yeah, it's like, God, mate, I'll... Now, this this has got to be off the record, but I'll tell you about a couple of websites you should be looking up instead because it'll save you a lot of time. Absolutely furious. And let it, it, it really cannot be understated. How horny this movie is! If you're thinking, I've seen some pretty horny movies in my life. This movie, one hundred percent, is hornier than the movie that you're thinking. I of. think that it's this, unrivaled. I think that this movie is the horniest movie that I've ever seen. That's not a porn. Yes, and it's hornier than some porn. Yes, <laughs> it's certainly better put together. I'd say. Uh, yeah, it's um, fuck. It's. I think it is the. It's maybe not what I would describe as like the sexiest movie I've seen, but uh-huh. it is a hundred percent the horniest movie. Oh yeah, this has a lot of. Um, oh, we can talk about it later, but we're we're covering that movie later. I just in the want- piece. <laughs> if you're planning on going, like so- I know some people kind of like, um, uh, root a couple of their movie choices in what, what a couple the, of the movie. Yeah, yeah, that's why it took so long <laughs> to get it out. Um, they decide on their viewing. Uh, schedules. They fuck Some, their viewing schedules <laughs> based on somewhat what? informed by what we watch. And I just doubt, be aware of. I would it. love to know if anyone. This actually movie, <laughs> you got to know what you're going into. I feel like if you didn't know, you'd be like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> what if what have the boys signed me up for this, this week? movie? It's like a two hour twenty minute film, and I reckon. How much of that do you reckon there's naked bodies on screen for? I think people are fucking on screen. Maybe 40 minutes. For, like h- half an hour to 40 it, minutes yeah. of the movie. It, yeah. it, no, like, no, no exaggeration. I think it's probably about 40 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Christ. Or anyway. like, if not fucking, there's like um, sex, very like... Perving. Like pervy shit. Oh, or and like, like an extra half hour of that is like reading erotic fiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. To an audience in the film. Yeah. And I like erotic fiction more than the next guy. <laughs> more than the next guy. <laughs> More than your average. You're ahead of the bell curve on liking erotic fiction. <laughs> definitely not. Damn. Definitely not more than the average Japanese businessman, <laughs> judging by how they were receiving the. Oh yeah, no. Oh, God. But I mean, you gotta you gotta consider that was the 1930s, where back then no man had ever seen a woman naked before. <laughs> Literally, like, I can't wait till I get to see a woman naked. <laughs> I wonder what happens when you see the shin. <laughs> um. Yep, it's a horny movie. So I guess. With that disclaimer out of the way, I just one more time. It's the horniest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I just, I, I, I feel like there wasn't enough emphasis in any of the warnings. I'm never going to recommend so this far. movie to anyone ever. I, I, I think I can't. <laughs> really, I'm just going to not feel. I'm going to. Yeah. I'm going to be like, oh, I watched this good movie, but I just in my my inner monologue is just going to be like, I just I can't bring myself to tell someone because they're going <laughs> to judge me for telling them to watch this movie. Um, it's like yeah. it's like <laughs> if the wolf, you know that scene in the Wolf of Wall Street where Margot Robbie is like fingering herself in front of uh, yeah, she's like Leo DiCaprio. Legs, yeah. It's like if that scene was twice as explicit she's, yeah, and so went she's for full, full butt half naked. an hour. Yeah, and and then it will be like it will be like that, and then you still have to go to your friends like, oh mate, the Wolf of Wall Street, you gotta watch. It, it. would be like that, and the scene where he roots her for like four seconds. If that was 40 minutes Combined, of the movie. Yeah, and actually yeah. 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah. yeah. You wouldn't be able to in good conscience be like... <laughs> no, you know, it's not even that horny. Because that's like... It's, sorry, it's... that's The Wolf of Wall Street's not this horny. Because you don't see, like, the results of sex. <laughs> it's very... 
we'll get into it. Um, Fuck yeah. But first, do we have some news? We do have a little you bit of news. You locked your phone, week. you fucking idiot. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have a little bit of news. Okay, a little petit bit. peu de news. <laughs> What's a French De nouvelles. Un petit peu de nouvelles. Nice. Is it actually that? Well, new. Nouvelle, I know that's what new is. I think is. it's an adjective for new. Yeah, I think it's close. And enough. you're just assuming that the French pluralize in the same way that the English do. No, that's right. On petit peu is like a little bit. Okay. Don't, don't don't at me. I don't want I don't want to find out that I'm wrong. But I'm pretty sure. Well, I've got bad news for you, bro, because I am looking it up right now. French well, Google Translate a little bit of news. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of news. What do we got? Uh oh, I'm translating it into Icelandic. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Fuck it. That'll be just as close. Damn. Hit play. Smart. Hit, 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 make it speak it. Smart fretir. Let's see how close my pronunciation was. <laughs> Smart fretir. Small That was pretty close. Jesus Christ. That was pretty close. Small. <laughs> Small fretir. Do French. Yeah, I'm getting there. Oh, you know what? No, no. We'll, we'll play our music. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, and this yeah, could yeah. instead of beef bulletin this week, okay. you're going to get un petit peu de nouvelles, courtesy <laughs> of. Uh, Google. Okay, can you give me the French for beef bulletin? <laughs> no, 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 whatever the fuck this is. Okay, yep. A little bit of news. Okay, great. Yep, ready. Quelques nouvelles. All right. Pretty good. What? Quelques nouvelles. Quelques nouvelles. Oh, that's bullshit. You were close with nouvelles. Oh, yeah, because that's the fucking word. Well, yeah, all right. All right, fine. We're done. All right. Uh, <laughs> beef bullet. Can't Google the Two or three of you that are still listening. <laughs> is, uh, oh, fuck. Like, oh, they're doing that a, thing again. This has been a fuck around for 50 minutes. A brutal <laughs> 10 minutes. <laughs> All right. Um, first headline. Mm-hmm. Nicolas Cage to play a janitor fighting evil animatronics in new thriller Wally's Wonderland. I saw this. Quote, I see this movie as Pale Rider versus Killer Clowns from Outer Space, the film's director said. The upcoming thriller will see Nicolas Cage play the unnamed character, the janitor, picking up a job in an amusement park and trying to survive a night trapped in the center with possessed animatronic monsters. So it's... Are you aware of Five Nights at Freddy's? Yes, okay. So listeners that aren't gamers, there's a video game series called Five Nights at Freddy's where you're basically... You take over as like a security guard and you're locked in a control room and you have to try and like open and shut security doors to try and keep these murderous animatronic robots away from you. It sounds extremely similar to this. Yeah, (laughs) <laughs> we'll see you in court. Yeah. Uh, like surely, right? Like <laughs> I don't know. There's yeah. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> uh, okay, hold on. Go to go. Just make uh, sure. I'm holding on. All right. <laughs> Jim Carrey thinks Tom Cruise may punch him after reading his new book. I'll take the beating for a piece of art, he says. Yeah, um, respect. His new novel is called Memoirs and Misinformation, uh, co-written with a dude named Dana Vachon, okay. which takes Kerry's experiences in Hollywood and transposes them into a fictional story. The book's description on Amazon reads, none of this is real and all of it is true. Uh, all right. The world. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's true, but it's also not. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, the involvement of Tom Cruise. That is oxymoron. Carrie explained that the Mission Impossible actor's name isn't featured for legal reasons, but is still represented by a fictional character named Laser Jack Lightning. Okay. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Uh, the book will also include a fictionalized version of Nicolas Cage as the Carrie character's best friend. Sick. Um, is it? Is it named? Is that? Is he named in that? Okay. So <laughs> yeah, there's so nothing. Nothing like Libris or Slender. I'm gonna have to do. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna try. I'm, what I'm gonna have to do is a Nicolas. Jim Carrey's given a quote here, but he's done a Nicolas Cage impression. Okay, and you're yeah. taking it right, as an so opportunity. I'm gonna do to a that. Jim Carrey impression, and then Jim, I'm gonna do Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey doing, doing Nicolas, Nicolas Cage. Cage. Okay. okay. Yep. I haven't told him anything about the book. And then one day, I sprung it on him. <laughs> Carrie explained. Was that you, Carrie? Oh, yeah. He just said, Jim, I'm so honored, man. You have no idea. I said, I gave you all the best lines. It's unheard of. He's so excited about it. <laughs> I think I did pretty well there. I got a little bit uh, 1930s newscast. I think your cage the was there. very good. I think your Carrie needs a lot of work. I thought Carrie was excellent. General, Fuck you. No, uh, no, you're an idiot. I don't think so. I think it just needs workshopping. It had the, it had the <laughs> soul underneath it, but it's just not the factual accuracy that an impression. Just like demands. a good comedic, just just like every good comedian impression, it was intolerable and absolute dog shit. Heart was in the right place. And entertaining yeah. for no one but the speaker. <laughs> All right. Um, what would it sound like if Jim Carrey did Arnie? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're moving don't, on. Don't. We'd, 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 we've had enough Arnie impressions on this podcast to last us <laughs> a lifetime. Um, one of the biggest scandals in Hollywood in the last couple weeks. If this, okay. um, and I don't know whether we should be talking about this on the pod because it's not... Pretty dark. We'll see, we'll see how we go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Film, crit- <laughs> film critics sound off on Christopher Nolan's no chairs on set rule. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, in a, it's been a lot of Me Too stuff coming in the past couple of weeks, <laughs> like live a, streaming and gaming. So I really vi- thought that's where you're going. Oh, no. In a new video interview with Anne Hathaway and Hugh Jackman, uh, Anne Hathaway said, uh, "Huge t- Ackman." Yeah. <laughs> And Hathaway was uh, talking about this decision that Christopher Nolan's had on sets where he's, uh, she said, he doesn't allow chairs. And his reasoning is, if you have chairs... Uh, 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 uh. Do the voice. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Listen as I inhaled excitedly. Uh, he doesn't allow chairs. And his reasoning is, if you have chairs, people will sit. And if they're sitting, <laughs> they're not working. Uh, she felt the need to explain the first bit. Like, the reason being, if there are chairs, people will sit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I mean, he has these incredible movies in terms of scope and ambition and technical prowess and emotion. It always arrives at the end under schedule and under budget. I think he's onto something with the chair thing. Um, Fuck you, Anne Hathaway. <laughs> you sucker. Fuck off. Uh, cr- critics Brown and nose. people on Twitter have ruled the no sitting rule dumb and pretentious. Yeah, it sucks. Quote, if Christopher Nolan has a rule forbidding the hundreds of people who work on very expensive films from sitting down, he should be sued to the end of the known universe and back, wrote Vulture critic Matt Zola Zeitz on Twitter. I'm just saying this is an odd story and it feels incomplete. Um, well, Nolan does seem to have a no chairs rule, it does not seem to apply to the entire set. Uh, so this is a big uh, controversy yeah. on Twitter. Uh, and if you're famous, you can have a chair. And Facebook this week, where people were posting photos of like 90 year old Michael Caine being like, Christopher Nolan, let the poor man sit down. Yeah. Um, <laughs> new, new headline <laughs> came out a couple days later. 
Christopher Nolan's team clarifies what he bans from set, and it's not yep. chairs. I knew Anne Hathaway <laughs> would get in trouble for this shit. <laughs> Exclusive for IndieWire. Chris chooses not to use his chair, but right. has never banned chairs from set, okay. a spokesman has told IndieWire. Um, for the record, the, the only things banned from Christopher Nolan's sets are cell phones and smoking. Uh, the chairs Anne was referring to are the director's chairs clustered around the video monitor, allocated on the basis of hierarchy, not physical need. Chris chooses not to use his chair, but has never banned chairs from set. Cast and crew can sit wherever and whenever they need and frequently do. Wow, okay. Which reads go. to me like Christopher Nolan's like, what? No, sitting. I love sitting. Everyone I know sits. sits. <laughs> I tell people to sit all the time. My crew spends most of the shoot sitting down. Yeah, fuck, they spend heaps of their time sitting down. <laughs> yeah. My God. You well, can't... And that's better. I mean, Christopher Nolan looks like the type of, um, if you got time to lean, you got time to clean manager. <laughs> that's what That's yeah. what felt so like very believable about it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but also, like a lot of the time, you actually probably want crew and shit to be like sitting down because... If they're, like, while you're shooting, you don't want anyone, like, moving around or anything. I don't know. Yeah. There's a lot of downtime on set for a lot of people. And I think it would just be fucking stupid if you're like, hey, we've got a 16-hour day and you can't sit down. And <laughs> yeah, we're doing three months in a row. Yeah. It's like, well, you're just going to burn out your workforce. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of Christopher Nolan, Tenet has been delayed again for uh, another two weeks. Fuck me. <laughs> At this point, it Another just seems two like just, weeks. I think they're literally just are just waiting to get a good debut when cinemas can open again, and so they're like, "Oh, it's delayed two weeks. Oh, no, another two weeks. Oh, no, another yeah, two weeks." Wow. Like, I think it's, it's it's ready. I think it's just like yeah, it would, um, it would have to be. Yeah, so it was it was going to come out in the middle of July, and now it's coming out at the end of July. Okay. Um, I think people are. I don't know. They wait waiting for people to come back to the cinemas or whatever. There's, yeah. there's fucking nothing on, man. Just like, release it online, you <laughs> dumbasses. <laughs> We've, uh, well, yeah, I think they're not. Yeah, I don't know. I think not. it's gonna suck watching it online compared to watching it on a big screen yeah. with good sound. But just yeah. like stop fucking trying to endanger people by putting heaps of virus-riddled Americans in a cinema oh, at the it. same time. I'm gonna I'd mainline Corona right into me if I could watch Tenet right now, baby. No, no. into it. No. Um, Stupid. Very, <laughs> very irresponsible in the states. Not too bad. Like here, fine. Ooh, right. But in the states, they're fucking crazy. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of news here that uh, they're doing a live action of Pinocchio and Ewan McGregor's <laughs> going to be voicing Jiminy Cricket. Who's doing Pinocchio? Uh, He's voicing Jim... Uh, Ewan McGregor's voicing Jiminy Cricket. Jesus. And the movie's going to be directed by Guillermo del Toro. Okay, all right. I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds all right. I think that's it? the first one I'll watch. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think uh, if Guillermo del Toro is not writing the script... They don't have to be like fantastic movies, but it will be well put together. Fuck, so, man. Listen yeah. to this. Guillermo del Toro's version of the classic tale will be set in Italy during the rise of fascism in the 1930s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it will. <laughs> that sounds fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that when that comes out. Look, look forward to a, a, a dark fascist take. Just an extremely creepy looking Pinocchio. <laughs> Like too, oh, yeah. too real. <laughs> Finally, a creepy version of the the wooden boy that sings. He doesn't. I mean, like I don't like Pinocchio, but he doesn't. Li- I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him. I don't like. <laughs> like so Italians. Gonna can- I'm gonna cancel Pinocchio. Um. Yeah. It's uh. He's. I think if they try and make him look too real, it will just look really fucking creepy. You'll get like a Chucky from Child's Play type yeah, effect. Yeah. Right. 
Next headline. Next headline. I think this might be the final. I really haven't paced these very well this week. Mm, um, interesting. Do you know Elizabeth Banks? Mm, vaguely. Are you not? Fam- we're not like friends or anything, but <laughs> you motherfucker. <laughs> that lady. Oh yeah, she's she does. No, wait. I'm getting her confused with someone that does a lot of SNL. A simple no would have sufficed. I thought I did, and then I think I didn't. There is a woman named Elizabeth Banks. Okay. She looks a lot. She was, was she on Scrubs as JD's girlfriend was, for a while. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, yes, yeah, I know. Yeah. Right. Do you know about the Muffin Man school buses? I do. I do. What about okay. magic school buses? Oh, okay. What about sure. a little magic school bus with the freeze. driven bus? <laughs> She's going to be playing Miss Frizzle yeah. on a live action version of the Magic School Bus. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sounds right, doesn't sure. it? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um. That's it. Leave it in the past. But also, sure. The, oh, okay. Right. Sure. You mean... Actually, <laughs> that that one will be cool with um, special effects and shit. And they're that's doing a, like... That's yeah, good like VFX. Like animation and maybe. shit as well. Yeah, because like... so, <laughs> And they're actually going to shrink the bus down and put it inside someone's <laughs> yeah. intestine. Well, like there's an opportunity there for some interesting like model work and stuff. It'll all be done in like the studios in LA. But <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, yeah, no, sure. I, I'd like to see how they go about doing a lot of that type of um, <laughs> well, miniscule shit. L- lining yourselves up for several live action kids movies that we're going to go and see in the near future. But the other thing is, and the reason why the series was so good is they got to have like fifty thousand adventures because every episode was just one thing. And I feel like on in a movie they're going to either try and cram like eight scenarios into the movie and the pacing will be fucked or it's going to have to be one thing and kids won't like it because it gets boring. (laughs) So, yeah. Okay, we'll see how it goes. Okay, so how's this? Um, Fifth headline? This is the final headline. Fifth and final headline. I haven't been counting. It's been five. (laughs) We've done five. You said the last one was four, so it (laughs) fucking better be. Disney Plus adds lost Luke Skywalker scenes to Star Wars A New Hope, which is interesting because it means that Star Wars has been doctored yet again. Yeah, I know. Fuck um, off. <laughs> a deleted scene from Star Wars A New Hope has been retrieved and added to the extras on Disney Plus. Oh, okay, maybe it's just like deleted scenes. Whatever. Okay, all right. Um, they that I'm fine with, yeah. extra scenes that add detail to the character of Luke Skywalker. All right. Cool. Uh, the first one is where Luke sees the attack on Princess Leia's ship from Tatooine before he travels to Toshi Station to pick up the power converters. How the fuck he do that? Oh, well, he, he sees like shit happening up in the sky. He like, looks up and sees the space battle. Because you know how the first half... You can't see the International Space Station <laughs> from the fucking ground. I can't imagine Especially that. not from fucking maybe Tatooine. Like some, yeah. Maybe like some flashing lights or some <laughs> shit. I don't think maybe. you can see what's happening. You can't be like, yeah. they're attacking Princess Leia's ship. No, you don't see like, some explosions Luke, and shit. Um, because did you know this? Uh, did you have you seen that video on YouTube that talks about how Star Wars was saved in the edit? Yes. And there's a whole there's a whole bunch of shit. Like there's like five to ten minutes of just like Luke Skywalker's high school just boy drama, dicking around on Tatooine. dicking around on Tatooine. Yeah. While there's like a space battle happening up there, and it'll be like Luke <laughs> hanging out with the boys. That's for five great minutes. if they're like rapidly intercut between the two. Where well, he's they, just do. Like, they do. They in, oh in do. Because in the first movie, that sounds pretty funny. I'm in, into that. Well, in the first, in the in the in the, in the New Hope, like the way. It, Normally comes out. It does cut between the cuts between like the space battle and then like Luke fucking around on the ground and then the space battle and then Luke fucking around on the ground. Right. But um, the I'm Luke scenes like, were just like way longer. Right. No, <laughs> I'm talking like you give like you get like 20 seconds of space battle and then it cuts like Luke making dinner and then yeah. it cuts back. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. That's funny. But if it's like because uh, now I I think I know what you're talking about. Where you'll get like a few minutes of space battle and then a few minutes. I'm talking. Yeah. Like five cuts a minute, 
this like really hard juxtaposition between like <laughs> Luke's domestic and teen home pursuits with like yeah. people dying in X wings and stuff. Well, there's there's another scene they've uploaded, which is one of these scenes where he's hanging out with his boys and he's being like made fun of by his friends. Yeah, um, just which he thinks he's cool because it shows that uh, Luke's not a cool character. Like he like his friends think he's a fucking dork mm. and that he's not popular. Uh, and there's there's another there's a bit later on in the movie where he finally joins. The, I'm, I'm going to stop talking about this because no one else cares. But like, mm. there's a bit where he, he uh, when, he, when <laughs> Luke finally gets to the rebel base and there's that big hang. <laughs> no one else is you. <laughs> no, no gets, it just sounded like I was like, mm, yeah, mm, yeah, <laughs> cool, yeah, Star Wars, great. Uh, there's a bit on the rebel base where he finally gets that big hanger of X-Wings where he goes up to some guy and he's like, hey, how you doing? Right. And you're like, who the fuck is this guy? Mm-hmm. That's one of Luke's buddies from Tatooine. We don't need to know who the fuck he is though. Yeah, no, I don't you care. don't. You don't. But yeah. there, there, there was a whole bunch of context right, that shows like them that. hanging yeah. out. And so I think that's another one of the Thank scenes. God, he had a vicious editor. And the editor was his wife, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, that's all I got. Okay. A bit of a... a, bit of a Sort of faded away than you said. Ah, That's sure. all I got. No, it was good. I yeah? liked it. Yeah, believe in yourself, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, buddy. Uh, Beef or pleasure? Yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. Business. Pleasure. 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 Business. What a good thing. Alright. We of course sit in silence for forty five seconds while we <laughs> we actually even though we'll just put it in and edit, we, we observe the we time out of respect. Two, three, four we haven't learned how to edit it properly. We're just um, bombing our heads along in silence. <laughs> <laughs> All right, beef us our pleasure. Of course the segment where each week we 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 you know we 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 I'm stuck. <laughs> we 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 we, 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 we want to <laughs> We take our jobs very seriously here at Beef State, here on Beef Station. I think that's pretty we, clear. We uh, strap ourselves in, put our helmets on, yep. take our protein pills, do the and four-hour launch, watch protocol. our three-hour-long Korean porn, taking notes and observing the cinematographic choices, yep. and counting the nipples. Yep. And we relay our findings to oh you. God, it would have been very high. In it would have been high. It oh. would have been. An, it would have been an even number. Astronomical. As well. well, probably. I mean, like maybe. Unlike some, in, some if it was, we're watching a, a little movie like. Uh, Total recall. Total recall. That'd be an odd number. Oh, yeah. Nipples. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but sometimes, when we're not counting Korean nipples, mm. as we so frequently are, <laughs> we'll sit, on the off time, we'll sit back and watch a movie for a relaxation, for our own enjoyment. Of course, the way I define it every week, when we're watching these movies for our own enjoyment, mm. we don't know that we're going to be talking about them on the podcast, right. you see. Yep. They're movies that we've chosen to watch for fun without the overbearing, looming shadow of having to remember every every perfect detail and academically discuss it. Well, it's like when you've got a uni boy. assignment and you're doing something else. And, and then sometimes you write an essay just feel for guilty. you. Well, no, it's like you just feel guilty because you know you should be doing the uni assignment. When, you, when you're watching a movie for pleasure... Yeah. You don't have that. All bets feeling. are off. Oh. You can well, look, Atlas has shrugged. 
when you're watching movies for you. When I'm watching a movie for myself, I zip myself right back up. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not Korean. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's not Korean. There's not a nipple to be seen. I will say, just before we get into talking about that movie, this week I was very much, and I never do this. You know me. I'm all, I, I will like, I'll make fun of you for not paying attention to movies. I, Go I, on. I, oh, you I were live tweeting your experience to me. Yeah, but I was watching the film entirely. Like I was, I yeah. b- but uh, like I, I never scroll Twitter or look at other shit while I'm yeah. watching a movie or anything. This movie, I had had a long day at work, um, and I was definitely just in the mood to like do one thing on one Sit monitor and do another thing on another monitor. You know what two I'm talking and a half about? Hours of Korean. Yeah, porn. and I was really like in the mood to just fucking have something on and be like <laughs> glancing back and forth, and then. Literally watch the f- opening scene and realize like, oh, it's a fucking Korean movie, and, <laughs> and I have to read the subtitles. <laughs> I mean, that, I was very angry at myself. I, I've, I've caught myself doing that before. Be like yeah. watching a foreign film and picking up my phone and being like, oh, I have. And you under- immediately <laughs> lose like two or three sentences worth of information, and you're like, you're like wait, what the fuck oh, is fuck happening? <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's stupid a, brain. And it's a testament to how effortless it is to read subtitles and hear shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, you'll just read along and be like, oh, I can speak Korean I know, now. yeah. And it's also a testament <laughs> to just how fucked your brain is where you, you just, like, don't have the attention span and you'll, like, get a few moments in before you even realize that you're not paying any attention to the thing that you're watching. <laughs> anyway, so, yes. Right, disappointing so, um, experience, but, yeah. Speaking of uh, Korean tits. Sure. <laughs> Excited to see where this goes. Speaking of Korean pornography movies that we're watching later in the show, yes. the movie that I watched this week for my own fun, for my own pleasure, is another movie in a series of Australian iconic uh, pieces yes. of cinema that uh, I'm watching with my housemates. Apparently, the, the, the housemate has gotten to mention two weeks in a row now. <laughs> He's now listening. Okay, <laughs> so there you go. I think we're going to have oh, to yeah. make a... Con- I made fun of that oh, yeah, she yeah, 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 correction yeah, again. Form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, she listened listen to that as well. So we're going to have to make a conscious effort to keep this tonally neutral. Very kosher. Yeah, okay. cool, great. Yeah, cool. Um, hello, if you're listening. <laughs> so this I week feel like I can say anything I want. Because <laughs> I don't have to go home to that house. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I think we're three episodes away From an event being planned <laughs> And inviting 50 people over Just so she can engineer a situation With you and her in the same room Yeah yeah I think <laughs> I've met everyone That lives at your house They're all lovely oh, yeah. people but Except for Except for this yeah, person <laughs> So this week I watched Muriel's Wedding Okay right in <laughs> Yeah we hadn't said it Until no. that point People like <laughs> Tearing their fucking hair out Like which movie did you watch? A iconic 1994 Australian comedy oh, starring that's when I was born starring Tony Collette and I'm showing uh, Andrew a photo of Tony yes. Collette not looking very much like Tony Collette star of hereditary all. yeah her face got longer in old age yeah <laughs> um, might be uh, I think might be almost one of the first movies she was in I'm sort of pulling that out of my ass it's probably not true at all but it definitely feels like something that feels true okay right? yeah. certainly early in her career how about that how yeah. about that very it's like the second or third film that she ever did um it's basically about this woman that lives in a big middle class australian family in a small town outside of sydney yep who i'm gonna um, stop you there is that woman's name it's muriel 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 yeah muriel okay. they all have <laughs> fucked 90s australian <laughs> and names does like she muriel and cheryl and janine nicole betty they're, they've all got fucked names um 
hello to all of the Muriels, Janines, Nicoles, and Cheryls out yeah, there. And there are a lot of you. Yeah. Uh, but no, like when every single person and character in the movie has a name like that, you're like, all right, fine, we get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Janine, did I say there's someone named Janine? I think so, yeah. Someone named Janine. Uh, the movie is this woman, this this girl is sort of in her early 20s and she's not. she was never very popular in high school. She hangs out with this group of like... Uh, women who are kind of like they give like a mean you know there's like bitches mean and mean yep. girls uh, it gives off that kind of vibe where they don't even really like that she hangs out with them I think the movie starts with them asking her not to hang out with them anymore right and they've like planned a holiday without her and so she's, she's not very popular she always she's always wanted to get married and it sort of seems like that's not gonna happen um, you're fucking 20 chill oh, out <laughs> whatever it is she might be like mid mid 20s like she's same deal Big pressure for her to get married. She's always wanted to get married. One of her friends in that circle has just gotten married. Right. Uh, so it's this like big on the thing, and she's the one that catches the bouquet. And they're like, "Muriel, who's gonna marry you?" And there's a lot. There's, there's a lot of that. Um, Jesus. I think every single. She character, was invited, and they're still being like. <laughs> oh, every single character in this movie is a piece of shit. So <laughs> okay. Bill, you know Bill Hunter. Uh. Australian actor who, if you saw his face, he's in every he's in every single Australian. Has he been film. in any of those weird ones that we watch, like Razorback or like Howling? Or oh, probably, like yeah, probably. He's All been right. in he's been in every single every single Australian film. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Right. Yep. Uh, he plays. Oh, he? he? plays yeah. the dad who the dad the father of this family who was like a local politician who once went for state government and didn't get it, and he blames his fucking family. He blames his like hopeless, use good for nothing family. Yep. And like, half I like of, this movie. Half of her siblings. Well, it's funny. It's really good. Everyone's fun. just a shit. Everyone is a shit. Everyone is shit. <laughs> half of her half of her siblings are just dull bludgers that sit around the house doing nothing. Yep. And um. The parents I mean, are yelling cool, at them for being dull bludges is why I use that term. Yeah. They were like, they're bludgeoning. Then like, they, 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 they like, when are you going to get a job? Yeah. yeah. Um, when are you going to get a job type shit? Um, but they're like 30. Yeah. Um, well, that's, the, the, that's what you want. Muriel's friends, like, yeah, call, call her a fucking loser that no one's ever going to date. <laughs> uh, Muriel then has... That's so sick. Mu- Mu- Muriel is trying to get a job and just doesn't want to get a job. She just spends all day in oh, her room yeah. just, like, fucking around listening to ABBA. Sick. There's a lot of ABBA in this movie. Ah, uh, that was why you were asking me yeah, if yeah. ABBA's <laughs> annoying. And yes, they are. No, ABBA rocks. Yeah. Um, this movie's brought me back on a big ABBA kick in a major Oh, way. God. <laughs> I can't um, the- believe that. The movie takes a bit of a left turn. You feel sorry for Muriel because she's the she's the underdog. She's the main fucking character of the Killing movie. Um, <laughs> Muriel um, big left turn takes she her her dad with his local local connections um, gets Muriel a job as like a makeup sales lady. Okay, at this local company, and he's oh, like, I'm no. gonna I'm gonna bribe the woman to give Muriel this job. So, honey, talking to his wife, give give Muriel a blank check to t- <laughs> to take down to the makeup company and give that to the big boss, and she can just take whatever money she oh, needs okay. for her business. Right. And Muriel takes that How blank check. How rich is this family? Muriel takes that blank check, takes all the family's money, and goes on this holiday. Sick. Right. So then, so now you've got this main character that rules <laughs> on top of leeching off her family who don't have that much money. Is now taking all of it like this twelve grand holiday to some awesome island somewhere. Oh, so sick. And there's like this twenty minute, half an hour long. A sequence of them having a party on this island and she's dancing around to Abba, which is fun, but you're like, she stole like, her you, money. You suck. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, oh, um, I just lost the single point of empathy in this movie. <laughs> Bill Hunter as the that's like the sole breadwinner of this like seven person seven seven member family um, now doesn't have any money and has taken to being forced to also a doll bludger accepting corporate bribes <laughs> as a job <laughs> in oh, order so to a... make enough in order to make some of his money back. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so he's, a he's now being investigated by like the AFP yeah. for accepting corporate bribes. That's Meanwhile, so Muriel has gone AWOL and now lives in Sydney and has changed her name. Okay. It's fucking lunacy. And so, like, I've been told that you got to watch Muriel. It's good fun. And I'm watching it be like, everyone in this movie is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> There's it's, no likable characters. It's so good. Yeah. So, like, um, the only two sympathetic characters in the whole movie are Muriel's mum, who is, okay. like, a long-suffering, devoted wife who loves all her kids and loves her husband and does nothing for herself. Yep. And Muriel's friend that she Losing made- Strat. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and Muriel's friend, who she meets and reset it reconnects with after high school on this island where she goes on holiday. Okay, yep. And they, like, have a big, like, ABBA dancing Waterloo sequence together, and it's good fun. Um who is all, and both of those characters are brutally punished in the movie in the most for having fun. I don't want to spoil it because okay. I feel like enough people haven't seen this movie that are our age. I imagine yeah, that it's worth going it, yeah. in on. Um, but do you care if I spoil it for you? Not really. Okay, it I'm sounds gonna, like it'll be fun. I'm going to spoil it, but skip ahead. Right. Okay. So um, the mum. Uh, so it turns out the dad, the lady that he got the makeup counter job with for Muriel, the dad is cheating on his wife with that lady. Sure. Yeah, um, and the bitches from the Mean Girls group of friends, they're all cheating on each other with each other's partners. Um, that rules if everyone in the movie is cheating on someone. <laughs> no, it's every single it's character. Fucked. They're all deplorable. Okay. Um, the mum ends up being driven into... This is where the movie is like totally dark. And okay, like, right. The not funny bit not, yeah. where the mum kills herself right like overdoses yeah, on pills because she's been cheated on and abandoned and all the money's been taken by like Muriel the consequences and the whole of actions brutal one of the only uh sympathetic characters in the whole movie yeah, and then yeah. muriel's best friend uh muriel fucks off and gets married to some random dude oh, that that's she doesn't the name know of the, yeah that's the name of the movie she, she has a wedding <laughs> muriel fucks off and marries and then you know what comes after that? She literally just goes Muriel's through the paper. Betting. She she goes through the paper. Fuck yeah, uh, looking for like it's Thank the you. like Lonely Hearts ads in the paper. Yeah, yeah. And there's yeah. one that's just like man looking looking, looking for, for wife, wife for <laughs> urgent reply. Call this number. Jesus. And she marries this South African Olympian who needs to get married to someone so he can be an Australian citizen. Okay. Yeah. So he can so no compete in anything, the Sydney yeah. Olympics. Yeah. And as soon as as soon as she marries him, because she just wants to get just married, and she's off. stupid. He's like, "Why the fuck would you marry someone you don't know? <laughs> I don't. I'm gonna go for a swim." And yep. like they just like they just like hate. He just hates her. Yeah. And so he's married her, and she has to live in his apartment to keep up appearances, and he just hates her. Um, that's brilliant. Miss Muriel's <laughs> fucked off and left her best friend, uh, like alone in Sydney. Her best friend gets like gets into drugs and shit. Gets like some sort of cancer that leaves her a oh, paraplegic. Jesus Christ. It's a savage ending. How long is this fucking movie? Like, I think it's like a like tight Eight hours? Minutes. God. Yeah, it's a hundred minutes. The pacing's insane. Oh, it's brutal. It's absolutely brutal. Um, is this where it leaves you? How does the movie end? Like the friend dying. The friend, you see the friends died of cancer. No, the friend's alive. And herself. she's just like stuck okay, in a right, wheelchair. Yeah, so she's wheelchair um, bound. Mum's killed herself. 
And the frame goes back to the small this town. Loveless marriage the, 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 that the, the camera zooms out from and then <laughs> the friend the friend was like, All right, Muriel, let's make a pact. We're friends forever and I ne- we never go back to the small town to and live if with you my leave mom. Leave me, I'm gonna get cancer. Yep. And then Muriel literally leaves her and she has to go back to live with her mom <laughs> in the small town. And you're like, Muriel, what a dog move. Yeah. Uh fucking grub. What a gr- yeah, absolute, absolute grub. Absolute grub. Grub, grub behavior. Um, Muriel then has a a a a reawakening yep. and she realizes that she's been a been stupid. Absolute shit ass. She somehow gets a whole bunch of money back from something. Oh, she got paid to marry this Olympian. So she gives all that money. <laughs> okay. She gives all that money to her her dad. Yep. The money that she owed him. It's like twelve grand or something. It's some fucked amount of money. Jesus, yeah. Um back then that was like a hundred million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and then forty years ago. She takes her friend of the wheelchair back and they go back to Sydney and events on uh, Dancing Queen. Okay. Yeah. But you're still like... And that still happens <laughs> in that runtime. That is fucking wild. It's awesome. It's an awesome movie. It's crazy. It's got a great soundtrack. It's got a whole bunch of um, ABBA songs. It's got this Blondie song that I'd never heard. If this movie was made on any budget, surely that is where all of the money went. Like Into putting your soundtrack, music. having like yeah. eight ABBA songs in the 80s. Oh yeah, that's the nineties, but yeah. Oh whatever. Oh, it's the same time period. Oh yeah, well, that's one of the things oh, that yeah, they make. You that's one of the things that they make fun of me. Muriel's friends making fun of her for is for listening Generally to like shit, shit seventies music. Yeah. Shit 70s music yep. uh, when they're all into like we're all into Nirvana. And might I fucking add, they are absolutely correct. Nah, Abba absolutely. Abba correct. is some of the best produced pop music out of the seventies. Yep. It's so good. Yeah. Um, one of my you favorite. You should be bullied. <laughs> There's a great line in the movie. Uh, one of my favorite lines in the movie is um, when Muriel's friend in the wheelchair is like, "Oh, I'm no good, and I'm shit, and I'm not good for anything." And she's like, "No, nah, I, I used to like hate my life before I met you, and now we're friends. And like, I used to spend all my time in my room listening to Dancing Queen because uh, nothing in my life was better than listening to ABBA, and ABBA was like the best bit in my life. And now I don't listen to ABBA anymore because of the friendship we have." better than Dancing Queen damn and it's like a real moment where you're like fuck mm. Dancing Queen's such a good song yeah imagine having a friendship that's better than that and you're you, you're watching that scene and you're like fuck that's a low yeah. bar wow <laughs> Jesus I've randomly bumped into strangers and had a better friendship with them than Dancing Queen <laughs> It was such a cool moment. She was like, I listen, to, nice. I listen to music in my room because they're my friends. If Abba I put myself friends. in the shoes of an absolute freak that likes ABBA, <laughs> then I can understand that empathetic perspective. But yeah, that no, was great. Me? Good, no. Good movie. Welcome back from the sealed section about Muriel's wedding. Ooh. I hope you go in on it. Yeah. Um, it's a great roller coaster. It's a fun time the whole way through. There's no dark patch at the end. <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah. Watch it. It's not going to be a surprisingly dark movie that forces you to sort of reevaluate the way you looked at the... Oh, you really know. confront how your actions can have effects on other people or anything. I just love how every single character in the whole movie is an absolute it's dog. A real shit. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a, it does sound it's, pretty good. It's a real great It's always sunny in Philadelphia, but early. Yeah, is it it's weird a lot, seeing uh, Tony Collette like with an Australian accent? No, she's got an, a kind of an American I've seen accent. I've right? enough Australian stuff. She doesn't really look like Tony Collette. The whole way she looks so really young yeah. and she's... She must have been like early twenties, right? But like probably the Tony, age she was cast for. Yeah, I suppose so. And Tony Collette now is maybe I've seen her in uh, just because I've seen her in Hereditary, and that's what I've associated with in my mind now. Yeah, yeah. she strikes me as a very skinny, very willowy 
middle-aged woman yeah sure in my head and that's she's not what she gaunt. looks like at all yeah and she's she's very much she's not by any stretch of the imagination like fat or anything but she's just sure. definitely not I mean, that whew, <laughs> she's just not that gaunt sure. middle-aged she doesn't have the woman. same bone structure that she's no not at all yeah. uh, okay. so it's just it didn't even look like tony collette really until like the the latter half of the movie when she like that's the wedding it doesn't matter hmm. doesn't look like tony collette and she's great in it well speaking of dark movies <laughs> we got another dark movie that we both watched. Oh yeah, it's real fucked up. It's real dark. Pretty fucking twisted. Oh. And I'm not talking about the Joker. Am I right? Um, <laughs> are, are we what? No, I, 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 didn't, I didn't watch the Joker. I watched Upgrade. I have everybody's attention. I'm looking for the guys who murdered my wife. <laughs> are you one of them? Yeah. Stan, you can take over. Thank you. I now have full control. Hi. You upgraded. Now you're stronger. Faster. Whoa, 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 whoa. Better than everyone else. Directed by uh, Lee Winnell and starring Logan Marshall Green, uh, Betty Gabriel, Harrison Ebertson, and a bunch of other people that I've never heard of. Um, it's basically, it's basically Venom because <laughs> Venom. this dude, but you know the premise, right? Of the symbiote and he takes yeah, over yeah, like yeah. a normal dude and then it's not like he's totally possessed. Like they kind of have this relationship where one of them can take over the body at any point in time. So this guy is... He's got a bit of the Matrix in there if you haven't seen Venom where yeah. it's like a dude that can sort of suddenly do whatever he... Do anything whenever right. he wants. So the, the premise is uh, this guy gets in a car accident. He's got a bit of Avatar gets, in it, um, wasn't it? In a, in a way, I suppose he possesses it does. the body of a giant, a nine foot tall blue blue man, yeah. and goes and saves a magical tree. And has a form of intercourse with <laughs> another. Um, so yeah, it's uh, he uh, he's there's this the main character in a car accident. He gets paralyzed from the neck down, and uh, his his mate. Uh, works for this huge tech company that's like basically Google or some shit. This privately funded thing, and they install a microchip in his neck that can uh, control technologically control his body in ways that his brain no longer can. But it's and like so you won't be a paraplegic anymore. Yeah, this you regain chip, full movement and stuff. Yeah, and this yeah. chip will be able to like move your limbs and articulate your muscles so that you can you can walk again. Exactly. And then I guess the like the bit where the venom comparison comes in is like, oh, the chip has an AI in it, and the AI can talk to you. Yeah. And so. Um, it kind of goes from there, but what that is really allowing to happen is a sick fucking action movie. <laughs> we, um, we, we are a friend of the show, Pat, was trying to convince us to watch this movie, and we were like, uh, and then there's a trailer. I'd heard about it. I'd heard Alexi yeah. Toliopoulos plug it. He really liked yeah. it, yeah. There's a trailer where a dude, like, clicks... He opens his arm. Oh, yeah. He opens <laughs> yeah. and closes his he, forearm. He, like, pumps his fist, like, his, his does a bicep curl, and it makes a shotgun <laughs> clicking noise. <laughs> <laughs> and he's and got, I like, a shotgun implanted in his arm yeah. instead of his, like, fucking... The, like, shoots out of his palm. And bones. I think you know, that was about eight seconds into the trailer. I'm we were, like, scrolling. Yeah, yeah we were, like... <laughs> Shut it off. We're watching this one. It doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. this is not. We don't need to check any other movies. This is it. I'm sold. <laughs> so sick. Anyway, that's kind of the level that the movie operates at. I think it's very self-aware 
Um, I don't. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I think it's pretty self-aware. It's kind of a mediocre, like it's not mediocre. It's a fine script. It's just passable. Um, but this movie has some strength beyond its budget and means. I think there's some um, really cool ideas in it. It's really yeah. impressive in the way it's like a very low budget, and the effects look really great. I think it's it's maybe not quite as um, no. That would be doing it a little too much justice. I was going to say total like total recall in how much like how much it achieves world building. I would compare it to Ex Machina, but I think yeah. it achieves a lot more with what it has. Um, where like you get these really interesting environments, this very distinctive use of like, it's got really interesting use of color lighting. So there's lots of scenes that are, it's like John Wick in that way. You get these really like bright neons and stuff yeah. that really distinguish these areas. And there will, there will be fight scenes that are all of a sudden really a lot more visually interesting because there's a bit of John Wick in the action sequences. Yeah. This dude's got some sort of crime drive to what he's doing as well, right? He's going out and beating up bad guys for some specific reason. Um, I only meant to derail I you. I barely to paid he's attention. Got, he's got some. He, there's some plot that's happening, and he's got some specific reason why he's beating dudes up in the middle of the night. So it's but actually it's a revenge movie because he knows that someone. So uh, his uh, girlfriend died in the car accident right, yeah. at the start, and he realizes so, someone made the car crash, and so he's going on this big revenge story. Car. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they drive like a Tesla. I only yeah. mentioned it because he's got this Terminator kind of overlay HUD almost on his vision. Oh, yeah. no, no, I think the AI, we the, see the AI sometimes. The AI directs him and d- yeah. tells him to do shit, but it means that it drives the action in really interesting ways. Yeah, and they, they do some really great stuff with like um, steady cam, so the camera will like follow the person's body as it moves, and, and it like it's kind of hard to describe, but if you know what a steady cam is, you're like... It looks like very janky almost. (laughs) Well, it's just, it'll be like stable. So he'll get like knocked back flat and the camera will like, like roll horizontally with him. So it can be very like disorienting, but his body is sort of staying where it is in the frame, which just ends up with some really cool fight movie, uh, fight scenes. Yeah. There's some brutal fucking kills in this thing. If you're into that type of, it's a fun fucking movie. It's a stupid Fun movie, the sort of thing where you'd expect the sort of movie where you'd expect to see someone's like head get sliced off. And shit yeah, like exactly. Um, but it's not doing that like to the point where that's all that's there. It's still kind of interesting. I think the best part of it for me is the performance of um, the protagonist uh, done by Logan Marshall Green. Yeah, he's really great. He has to maintain complete facial composure of someone whose body, who's not in control of their own body but he's like beating the fuck out of people. the computer will take control of his body and do this crazy kung fu when he doesn't want it to. Yeah. And so he'll have this face that's like terrified and or, going like, no, stop, 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 while the body is right. beating the shit out of some dude. Or he'll have, um, he'll give, give it control and he just has to kind of take a back seat, but it's not controlling yeah, right. his facial uh, uh, expressions. And so he'll be like just kind of watching an abject horror while his own body is just beating the fuck out of someone. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot of fun. And it would also have been so hard to act, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. So I was really impressed by this dude. And he really convinces you. I think if the performance of that was unconvincing, then it just wouldn't make sense at all. But like, he really convinces you that of yeah, like someone really who well is not, uh, not controlling their own body. It's, it's very fun. Yeah. Um, so I'd h- strongly recommend that. It was on, it's on uh, Google Play, maybe. Yeah, we had to rent it. Yeah. Um, so it's like 6 or $7. Very, very much worth it. I thought the writing was kind of dumb. I had fun watching it, it in a dumb way. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't think it was a good movie. No, it's like, I, I think, think John Wick is the cut above 
films like this where like yeah. John Wick has a storyline and the world building and the lore behind it to keep you interested even when there's not action scenes going on. This was like very quickly getting to the next action sequence, but you were still kind of like, yeah, 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 come on. I, was, like, I don't really la- care why this stuff. I was happening. laughing at the movie yeah, numerous were, times yeah. through the movie, a couple yeah. of points. Um, but it wasn't like it wasn't laughably. I mean, I didn't think it was like, like laughably bad. It just wasn't particularly. Compelling. Oh, there was just some times where you were like, "Oh, come on!" Yeah, there was. Some, <laughs> but I feel like the more bits where where it was more like that were more like the stunt pieces that it constructed rather than like the actual story beats. Um, yeah, like a toilet, uh, a bar toilet fight scene that's very fun. Um, yeah, I yeah. Mean, there's heaps of good shit. The tagline for the movie is "Not man, not machine, more." Right. Okay. <laughs> it's either going to be both or like, more, but yeah. Come on, it's, there's a lot of that. Yeah, it is. It's a bit stupid, but it, I think it knows it. So that was um, upgrade. Upgrade. Uh, directed by Lee Wanell in 2018. Yep. Good fun, but yeah, nothing, nothing special. I, I will say, think. definitely, uh, there's no horniness. In that oh, movie, yes. they're and completely I say, unhorny. I was and correct me if I'm wrong, Andrew, but I would say that a co- a, tr- a common trope amongst all three movies that we're talking about this week is that none of them are particularly horny. Mm. I'll I stop you there. Not a single movie that we've watched this week is outrageously horny. Well, I think you may be forgetting about one movie we watched this week. Is that so? What is that? I think that would be The Handmaiden. Oh, that's right. The Handmaiden. Sorry. Yeah, I forgot the horniest movie I've ever seen. The horniest movie anyone has (laughs) ever seen, including Nymphomaniac, which I'm pretty sure is actually three hours of porn. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's... Short of fucking Lars von Trier shit. God damn. This is... Oh, man. Uh, um, Don't know how they got away with this one. I was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I can't. I think I did mention it at the top of the show. You know, watch a movie you're like this movie earned its fucking R rating. Yeah, this movie earned <laughs> its R rating. <laughs> no one's coming to this being like, why is why is that rated R? This yeah. is what um what rating do we have to give a movie where you can see that someone comes up for air and has puss <laughs> juice on their chin? <laughs> oh, oh that one. That's an R rating. Okay, that's an. It doesn't matter. The rest of the film is that's animated. That's fifteen, isn't it? The rest of the film is an animated children's film, and that immediately just. <laughs> <laughs> R-rating, for fuck's sake. That would be an interesting sort of experiment. Yeah, yeah. That, that's like <laughs> some South Park level shit. Yeah, this is just they just hardcore. Make a, they make a kid's movie yeah. for 90 minutes, but right in the middle there is one hardcore sex scene. I think what would happen is <laughs> they would give it an R-rating, it would not get a general release, and your movie would lose millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> I think why no one's done that little social experiment. <laughs> There's a funny story that I'm going to have to uh, look up to make sure I get this right about the... Um, the oh, I love a funny, well-researched story. The, uh, about the South Park movie and the title. Bigger, longer, uncut. Yeah. Yeah, there was a first... I remember there was a different version of it. Yeah, yeah there, was there, was an, there, was, there, there was an original... The original title they wanted to call it was something even worse. Um, and so they decided, they're like, all right, well... We can't. If we can't have that really rude title, we'll make it South Park, bigger, longer, longer uncut. uncut. <laughs> and the studio executives were like, "Yeah, that sounds fine, great." And they printed all the posters and were like, "Wait, no!" Yeah, it's like too late, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So they're like, "Ah, you got to work." Yeah, so sick. So the Handmaiden. We yeah. got to talk about it. <laughs> we didn't keep diverting away from it because of how horny it is, but uh, we got to talk about it. Okay, so what? So what is this? Yes, yeah, directed movie. by Chan Wook Park or Park Chan Wook. Um, well, I don't know which way. Around. I really need to look up which way. Around oh, you went fucking it up. No, countries. of course. Yeah, it's Korean listed on IMDb as, as yeah Chan Wook Park. Um, 
Uh, it was inspired by a novel called uh, Fingersmith by Sarah Waters. It's, it's, it's inspired by a novel that's set in like Victorian England. Called Fingersmith England. by Sarah Waters. I just said that. <laughs> yeah, but it's like that's, that novel is set in Victorian England. Okay, and it's based in the 1930s, and it's about this uh, in the 1930s in Korea. So he's done this like cultural so adaptation of yeah, the book. Ad- adapted it. Yep, and it yeah. So it's um, post World War One. And the main character is part of like a uh, a little ring of cut purses, I guess, and thieves and scoundrels. Um, yeah, uh, it's set in the Suki, who I which I kept reading as like Suki. Yeah, that's um, from something. Oh, that's from that vampire. Suki from uh, True Blood. Yeah. Suki Stackhouse. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's a good. That's a good series. I thought you were going to say you said that in a good accent. I was like, all right. No, buddy. I did not. Um, <laughs> Okay, so, yeah, the main character is Suki, played by uh, Kim Tae-ri, and uh, the the ring is sort of run by um, this, this guy who plays this... Uh, his character might as well be uh, Count Fujiwara, and he's kind of the ringleader, um, and he comes up with this, basically, this heist, where he's going to... There's this... Um, uh, estranged just, daughter. All of the family stuff in this movie is actually really complicated. So fucked. forgive so us if we're trying to be. Yeah, there's this, this dude. For, for a start, this movie has this weird. It, it depicts a Korean culture that has a weird fascination with Japanese, Japanese culture, being yeah. Japanese and Japanese culture. So set in Korean in, this, in Korea in the 30s, where J- Japan occupied Korea, mm. and so I think that there was this maybe in the movie it's depicted as this like you're a a higher class of citizen if you're Japanese, right. and there's this there's this rich Korean dude this that lives in a big bastard. castle on the edge of the city, um, who is obsessed with being Japanese to the point where he married a Japanese woman so that he could be Japanese, and then this woman already had a daughter, I think. Yeah, this woman already yeah, this had a daughter. Confusing. And his wife, his Japanese wife, has since died. No, because so it's, a, it's the niece. I think it's the niece of his wife. Whatever. The niece of his ex-wife. Old dude, yeah. Old dude now lives in a big house, a big rich mansion house on the outskirts of this city with his young Japanese niece. Essentially a, essentially his daughter-in-law. And Yeah. And he's... Yeah, he sort of keeps her there. This daughter is the heir to a very large fortune. Yeah. And so this, from her Japanese this family. Uh, fucking yeah. Oliver Twist old dude, mm. our our cut purse mate. Um, fucking hell, sorry, the cats are going insane upstairs. <laughs> just, it sounds like there's about <laughs> eight <laughs> cats up there and there's only two. <laughs> One of them is pretty big, but not eight cats worth. So <laughs> fucking hell. Cat that is eight cats worth of cat. <laughs> Def- she's pretty close. Sylvester- six kilo cat. Sylvester ass. Boy, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Than it was oh last yeah, time. no, she's six point two. She's a big fucking oh. honking big cat. <laughs> she's a big fucking cat. There's a lot of cat in that one. She's cat. no Tony Collette, if you know oh, what I'm no. saying. <laughs> oh god. No. So um, this is ain't your grandpappy's little cat. The high steer. This ain't your grandma's yeah. pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, if you wanted a greater risk of seeing that, you'd have to watch a little old movie called The Handmaiden. Oh, yeah. I only cut you off because I was worried there was some, there's, a, there's a minefield of spoilers there that I'm worried we're going to dive are. into. So, this film plays with the um, pacing of the plot. It's one of those movies where um, it's really you, slow it, for it, ages. it goes from A to C and then you start from B and you go to D at a different from a different <laughs> perspective like, oh, and stuff. B? 
Yeah. I've gone from A to C and I've missed a well, letter. Well, you see A, B, and C from one person's perspective, and then you see B, C, and D from another person's perspective, and then it goes back again. And so, like, yes, it's it's quite hard to avoid spoilers. And you're um, not even sure if one of the characters can even fucking read or not. So some of those characters, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? So A, B. I don't know what those are. <laughs> um, the Oliver Twist ringleader dude has a heist where he says, "Right, the old rich guy that lives on the hill that has access loves books. Old bookman. He loves books. I am very good at forging documents. Right. So I'm going to go there. I'm going to pose as this count. Rich Fuj- count. I'm yep. going to pose as this rich count Fujiwara, uh, and I'm going to go up there and forge books for this dude because this dude has a collection of old books. He doesn't want to sell any of his old books but he needs money. So we're going to mm. forge his old books and he's, this dude can sell the forgeries, whatever. In the meantime, while I'm there spending all this fucking time at the castle, I'm going to convince the young woman there to fall in love with me because I'm very charming. Mm. I'll marry her and then I'm going to commit this rich Japanese daughter to a madhouse. Well, they'll abscond. So he wants to run away with her and then yeah, he'll get her institutionalized in this mental hospital. Yeah. He'll after they're married, so he'll inherit the fortune. Yeah. And then the way that they set that up is that he'll use one of his little the main character from this ring of this posse yeah. to uh be her handmaiden who will assist in the process of him falling in love with her. And they're gonna it, pretend they don't know each other. Give her insider yeah. in, give him insider info on her and that type of shit. And she's gonna like really butter up the Japanese daughter and be like, um, oh, I, I when when I saw you blush when 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 the count walked past, right. I bet you really love him. Oh, he's a real good catch. You should you should try and marry him. Yeah. yeah. And uh and so that's that's hence the title, The Handmaiden, right? And so from then on we sort of follow um Suki as she, that's the girl from the Band of Thieves. And Lady Hideko. And Lady Hideko is the young lady's name. Who's um, like a very naive uh, kind of young young she's woman. She's like never been outside the bounds of this house. She grew up there. She spent her entire life there. She's like never been back to Japan or anything like that. So, yeah, yeah extremely naive. She doesn't seem to have much of an understanding of like romantic ro- romance or anything like that. And yeah. so there's a lot of like Suki being like, oh, Lady Hideko, the the guy like look, looked at you and he, he was like winking at you and he, I, bet, I bet he wants some of that. And, and she's like, what, is, she's what like, does that mean? What do you mean? What do, what do men want? What, what, what mm. can I, you know? Yeah. And so I guess what starts to happen, and this is like minor spoilers for maybe the first act of the film, is that um, they sort of start to, a, a, a romance starts to bud, at least from Suki's perspective. Suki starts to fall in love with her, her mistress. Yeah, and it's set up from the moment she sees her where she's like, oh God, she's breathtakingly beautiful. I didn't realize how beautiful she <laughs> yeah, was. She's, she's like, fuck, they never told me how hot she is. <laughs> Ooh, mama. <laughs> this is going to be a problem. <laughs> so yeah um, She does that When she first sees her Every time she, she sees her Jim Carrey <laughs> Which is A lot That's why this movie Is 2 hours 25 minutes We talked about Half of it being naked people The other half 40 is minutes of it is Yeah Erotica Just an incredibly Autorial decision To include So much cat calling Um 
Yeah, so, and I guess the complications then come from how that falls out in in the midst of this plan to make the Count kind of, like, fall in love with this woman and give him a, give him a set up a chance for them to run away and enact and it, this plan. It feels, and Sookie is going to oh, get... Oh, and he's going to split the fortune with her. She's yeah, going to get a big part of this fortune that they run away with. Yeah. So she has a bit of an incentive to make the plan work. But on the other hand, she still feels like she's starting to have... Second feelings. And also um, that makes her feel worse about the plan to yeah. actually, not just that she's kind of in love with this person, but also that she knows she's going to have to fuck her over. Yeah. Um, it reminded me a lot of Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Yeah, in it some did a bit, ways. didn't it? Um, because it's speaking it's English. A, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's a lot there's about... A lot of boob in it. Oh, there's way more boob. It's a lot about the <laughs> female it's, gaze. It's, it's weird that it's only, it's one big boob. <laughs> <laughs> or it's the same it's not it's the same of frame boobs. of a tit but it just goes for 40 minutes <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus is this a weird copy or something I don't know I don't get this movie man um yeah it's uh so it's uh, it's very much about um the female gaze and how just the, you I can guess you just say lesbians mate <laughs> <laughs> very very good um and and how um, I've been sitting on that one ever since <laughs> yeah. Portrait of a Lady yeah, on Fire, yeah, buddy. I, I got um, a whole bunch of B B list <laughs> female gaze jokes. Yeah. Um, the les B sides. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. Okay. So I think we're probably going to have to just spoil this one if we oh, want to talk, talk about a bit it about, a bit about the higher level stuff then because I feel like we're getting okay. into a lot of like plot plot summary shit um, I thought for a start for being a very slow movie for the first half of it mm. I thought this was really captivating right and really engaging in a way that slow movies are sometimes hard to be did you find that? Like, uh, I found that I wasn't really bored by it I think one of the things that got me into that was because you don't really know that much about Suki. She just says like, "I'm a master thief. I'm I work for this little I'm, this little gang of thieves, and I've been given this job to go and like get close to this rich girl that lives in this mansion." It's almost and uh, she goes there straight it's away. almost like a cartoon in how like how uh, brief and. Um like caricaturish the, uh, the setup, setup is. is yeah and even like I found um Count the Count Fujiwara uh, Ha Jung Woo's character he was very like animated and like pantomimic in his actions yeah. well, one I, of the reasons he's so charismatic I think it makes it really interesting to get into the action really quickly though because mm. there's going to be a lot of slow shit happening once they're up in the house so I feel like they know that they just got to get into it really quickly and I think yeah. it's really cleverly edited and written so the um. I you agree. don't really know much about yep, yeah I right. Agree. You don't really know much about Suki. You don't also you also don't really know that much about the daughter, uh, the the niece, uh, Lady, Lady Hideko. Hideko, the young woman, the young Japanese woman. If only because she's quite a quiet, shy, reserved kind of person. Yeah, and so then you're not. It's kind of both sides of both character. Both main characters are a bit of a mystery, and so it's kind of fun to find out a lot about each of them. And you don't really know when Suki is lying or not. Yeah, and like they can't where be honest with each other no. because they should have to give up the goat. So exactly, yeah. and so there's a bit where yeah, so like even at her base level, like when Suki. Is when she's being vulnerable to be honest and vulnerable, yeah, she's, still, she's still putting on a performance, which yeah, is yeah. really interesting it's to like sick. see whether she's going to falter or not. Because then in private, the character is clearly having these emotional problems with the the con that she's trying to perform. Mm. 
But then she has to be start, quite close emotionally. At with the Lady, start, yeah. there's, there's a lot of comedy beats where she's like, so the uh, Lady Hideko will like go somewhere else and she'll, she'll like, she'll, like be trying shit. on her clothes and stuff, yeah. yeah, and like throwing stuff away and doing that like classic kind of careless, um, lived fantasy of being rich type stuff. Yeah. But it sort of has its little moments with that and then kind of does away with it when the plot yeah. starts to complicate, yeah. which I thought was kind of fun. One thing I thought was interesting, so there's, there's a bit of the beginning where um, the Count character... Ah. Uh, uh. <laughs> I did that last week One a, count reference <laughs> For a bit too long And I got sick of my own shit Like immediately yeah. <laughs> was, Oh shut up Shut up Shut up While I was listening back to it up. Yeah um, The count character gives Suki a letter To give to Lady Hideko As like a letter A letter of recommendation From my previous employer That he's like made up Some bullshit yeah, reference Yeah, yeah. Um, and Suki says, oh, I don't know how to read, so I can't read this to you. You're mm. going to have to read it. And you don't know whether she's lying or not. Yeah. If it's, she's like, yeah. Whether she's just like playing this vulnerable, silly character or mm. not. Which I've, There's all these little examples like that that I found it really interesting and really compelling. And so then when he comes up with this third character, when the old, when the ringleader count guy comes into the house like a couple of days later, and he's like, oh, I'm this art forger guy. Mm. Uh, and, oh, hello. Hubbada, hubbada. <laughs> um... And he is also putting on this performance where he pretends not He's to like know either of He's like knocking over stuff with his boner on the table. Yeah, where, yeah. He pretends not to know Suki, and he and like he pretends to be sort of like uh, smooching up to Lady Hideko. I, I just found it really interesting, and I thought that I was going to get bored by it, and I found myself mm. not being bored by it. I was actually, and I, like I found, I was pretty disappointed uh, right off the bat with the way that this movie looked which is a bit funny for me to say um normally i really like the way that korean cinema tends to uh look i think there's some of the more uh beautiful and better looking kind of films out there i didn't think this was very spectacularly composed no it's um it's a weird uh so the aspect ratio is (laughs) the aspect ratio is fine it meant that it was like letterboxed on my screen but then i found and maybe this was just the quality of the download that i had sure. but it looked blur like blurry it looked almost like that maybe like it was shot on film or something but not without like not with a nice normal film grain i don't know something about it just looked a little bit um like it lacked kind of definition and it took me a while to kind of get past that but then yeah, so right. i think for the first little bit of the movie i was a little bit like fuck this movie doesn't look that great but then the art direction and all of the stuff in the house when they actually get there it's this really fascinating fusion of like and it's this part of the story is like Japanese uh, architecture and English um, like formal turn of the 19th century because the dudes architecture the rich dudes obsessed obsessed with both both of those things yeah right and so that was really cool to kind of see that and it gave it this really like displaced like almost like Dickensian feeling to the storyline. I suppose that was, which was well, really I kind cool. of took it for granted, but that's always interesting in any period piece is how well they commit to that. And well, that was like, really interesting. When she's in like Lady Hideko's room, it, it looks like British kind of like upper class living in that time period. But then yeah. a lot of the rest of the film has that like those like Japanese sliding doors and they sleep on like beds on the floor and stuff. So uh, I don't know the names for any of these things. The, but the tatami. Oh yeah, that's right. You've been there and shit. Yeah. Um, Good for you. Uh, mostly, okay. most, most, mostly been there. I've never shit in my life. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, have I told that story about when I um I I went there uh, and did a shit in Japan? <laughs> I mean, you were there for like four days, so no, no, no. The first time I had assumed. The first oh, you're time. talking about a specific instance 
That's I must that have notably you did a shit. A specific Not just shit related story down. from Japan. Like, I've been to Japan and done a done a poo. I must have told you this story. Uh, maybe. Do you want okay, to tell so it on the pod? Yeah, fuck it. It's okay. great. It's good. I've, well, it's, yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Um, there'll be hey, a weird. I'm up for it if you are. A, look, maybe there'll be a weird cut, and the listeners will wonder what <laughs> yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it'll this be is what happened. Forever you, lost. I cut my Japan shit story. Okay. Um, so I went to Japan as part of a school trip. I was lucky enough to go on a school trip to Japan with a group of about twenty of us when I was in junior school, year seven. So I would have been like, uh, yeah, you were twelve, I think, four, yeah, thirteen or something. Yeah. Um, Probably more like 13. <laughs> I thought oh, you went in junior school. Yeah, or end of year six, beginning of year seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was like about, about 12. Yeah, you would have been 13. Um, as like a treat, at the end of the trip, the teachers that took us on this trip uh, had booked a dinner at like a fancy Japanese restaurant. It felt fancy going into it. In my memory, it's That's fancy. Like we, got dread up, we got dressed up a bit and you'd like, you walked into this little door that was like a curtain and the long corridor to get to the restaurant that was at the back of the building was like all set up as a little stream. With like It was like an indoor little forest. Jesus. And you walk along on like stepping stones, like through like a path that goes through this like indoor garden to get to this restaurant. It was one of those restaurants where you like kneel at the table and you have like a little box of stuff in front of you. Okay. It was really cool. Um, but because it was this traditional, like you had to take your shoes off and put slippers on when you go into the restaurant, like the full nine yards. Yeah, um, yeah. And so you had these like slippers that you're wearing in the restaurant or whatever the fuck. Um, and because it was traditional, um, when you go Can't into the toilet, like they didn't have like gone. they didn't have normal Western toilets. They had Drop Japanese toilets. style squat, squat toilets, toilets yeah. that are just if you don't know, they're like a long oval shaped. It's like hole a bath set into the ground. In the ground, yeah. Um, important to the story is that they're a lot smaller than a bath. Okay. <laughs> they're about the size of two toilets and. End to end. About the size of a toilet hole, but in the ground. It doesn't sure. matter. Um, the point is, I had to go to the bathroom to do a one big more than a number one, if you know what I'm saying. Big old shot. <laughs> and so... Um, <laughs> a number one plus one. You take off the slippers and you put on the toilet slippers. Because <laughs> there's... They're the same as normal slippers, but in the shape of a toilet. No, no, there's literally like slippers that you wear when you're in the bathroom yeah, of the yeah, restaurant because yeah. you yeah. don't want to get the... It's very, it's very, they're a very cleanliness-obsessed culture. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to um, get shit on your slippers. Understand? Yeah, right. Exactly. So you take off the restaurant slippers and you put on the toilet slippers. And there's like one pair of slippers for the toilet that you anyone would use when they go in. Okay. Oh, it's shared. Yeah. There's only like oh, there's yeah. only like space for two people in the toilet for the restaurant. So there's two pairs of toilet slippers oh, for the whole fuck. restaurant. So no. it's like shared. I would want slippers. disposable toilet slippers. No, they don't have much. that. There's shared. So it's like a giant pair of Crocs that is big enough for anyone that needs to go and use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I had never used one of these toilets before. I was like, fuck. Like at any point at time during the trip? Towards the end of the trip, yeah. But often there's like, a, often there's like lots of Western toilets. A whitey toilet. Or there'll be enough then, yeah. whitey toilets that you don't have to use this toilet. Right. So I just had never done it. Okay. And it was to this point, it was like, oh, that is fuck. insane. I got a shit and I have to deal with this crazy new way of doing a shit. And so I had to do this like crab walk kind of thing, like squatting I'm above. a great visual demonstration. Squatting above the toilet with like a hand Oscar's planted. tripoding with one hand. Yeah. It's like, like he's about to start break dancing. A hand planted behind me. Yeah, yeah. Um, Assumedly around and the side of the toilet. Or you sort of have to squat like above it. Yeah. Right? And so then yeah, I was yeah. sort of squatted like above above the toilet with like a hand planted because yeah. it's really low to the ground. Yeah, you assumed trying to, the position. Trying to balance. And I like... <laughs> Squeezed it out. I, I began to poo, yep. if you will. Yep. <laughs> and then I looked down 
and I had completely missed the toilet. <laughs> I, I, I had just, in this fancy-ass restaurant, pooed on the floor. <laughs> Not only had I pooed... And, and, and you gotta, you got to think that they know it's the white guy that did it. <laughs> Not only had I pooed on the floor, I had pooed... On the restaurant's toilet slippers. Yeah, you are the reason I want new toilet slippers. People like you. That means you shat on your foot. Oh, it was their big. I don't look. Like, I don't remember. Scarily big slippers. close. A little bit of it gone on the slippers. Most of it went on the floor, right next to the I toilet. Have no idea. The twister style body position that you had to be in in order to gravitationally achieve oh, it. Oh, it was just like it was just like instead. I just wasn't directly above it. My asshole wasn't where I thought it was. Yeah, but you're off way way off center. You oh, were yeah. far oh, enough oh, off look, center for you, uh, your asshole be to be f- over one of your feet. I will be the first to which admit, which is crazy. I will be the first to admit that I was off center because <laughs> I, I got poo on my foot. <laughs> you should be the first to admit it. You're the one that did it. You should be walking out and announcing to the restaurant, I got poo on the slippers. Look, every 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 self-respecting man at some point in his life has missed when he's gone to the bathroom. Boy, you haven't missed till you've missed a poo. Yeah. And gotten a poo on the <laughs> yeah, floor. Yeah, I think I can safely say this never happened to me, but yeah. you haven't known shame till you've had to pick up your own oh, poo okay. off the ground. All right. Toss it into the hole of the yeah. ground. Lucky for the second. And you never time. get in all of it. You never get in all of it. I spent quite a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you never get in all of it. And even if you get all of it, years the spirit. To t- years to tell that story. So just going back to the table God of the damn. restaurant and being like, what happened? And I was like, no. Nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, the slippers are in the bin. <laughs> <laughs> just like, these are my shoes now. I have to, as penance for this, I have to wear these shoes for the rest of my life. Were there, um, uh, were the slippers like cloth? Oh, uh, no. Or were they like rubber? They're like a, like a rubber. Okay, all right. The sort That's of rubber that can get hosed down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Disinfected, yeah. Theoretically, by a 12-year-old. God damn. That sucks. I've never told you that before? I don't... I mean, maybe, the but... time I pooed on the floor in yeah, Japan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm, I might have heard it, but maybe it wasn't in so much detail that I um mm. I got such a visceral image of it. Um, yeah, fuck. <sighs> well, anyway... Why are we talking about that? Uh, I don't remember. Japan, Japanese culture. We we're talking about a Korean film. Pooing on the floor. Yeah, there's a. I just, I just, I'm looking at the technical specs on IMDb. So they filmed it on vintage lenses, which is probably the effect that I'm talking about, where like the it all looked like it. It was quite um, quite notably, it looked like vintage. Like there was a uh, a nice lack of clarity. Um, I suppose. Oh, that's right. You were, you were saying that it looks the the the, the picture looked kind of blurry. Yeah, almost so as kind if of someone had pooed on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of threw me off for 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 the first uh, little bit of the movie, but I didn't I didn't notice that. But I thought okay, so like final thoughts before we get into spoilers, just summing up of other stuff. Um, the performances in this movie are extremely good. I thought that uh, it was all incredibly well acted, and I thought, but I did think, and I think this is probably a little bit intentional, is the. Uh, there was a, a a tonal disparity in this film between the way that particularly the two main characters, but any women in the film acted, and the way any men in the film acted. And I think I didn't this movie like the way the women acted in the film. Okay, I think this movie uh, is really not like making fun of men, but like criticizing male perversion. It might be like a uniquely kind of Korean slash Japanese take on that particular phenomenon, but like. Um, just like per- the perversion of the masculine gaze and how much yeah. they will like objectify women 
and the thing that so like Portrait of a Lady on Fire, for instance, is the other half of the coin where um it's like the female gaze and there's a lot of like um uh objectification with the power dynamic equalized between like the two a, women. It feels like a woman's perspective on sexuality in a way that hasn't been like corrupted by like Hollywood white men. Well yeah, there's not thing. there's not so much of a power imbalance between like the the males and the females in the story, which is an interesting thing to explore and like I really like seeing it explored uh <laughs> oh boy. Thematically. <laughs> um, <laughs> not quite to this level of uh detail, although like yeah, whatever. Um but the I mean, you told me you were going to be exploring the female <laughs> gaze. This is not what I had in mind. Yeah, I need you to put the camera in the vag. Um, the uh, <laughs> yeah. just and then, about. <laughs> and he pulls a Carl Sagan and goes, "Now can we turn that camera around and yeah, look yeah, back yeah. the other way Fuck. at her pale nice. blue dot?" Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I couldn't quite remember it. Um, but uh, so yeah, this this the, I think the men in this film are meant to be portrayed as like so most of them are portrayed as like. Um, Quite like two dimensional, I think, and very horny old men. It, it's that's almost Look, the entirety. Going, oh. They're like horny, or they're like um, abusive, basically. Yeah. The exception, I guess, is the count character, who's like meant to be quite charming, but even then, he is still like abusive. And, I hadn't really um, looked at it as like a critique of that. I didn't really think of that. I was kind of so, to be honest, a lot of the time when I was, how how much of it is a spoiler to say? Who this? Who is sexing who in this movie? Well, that's yeah. I mean, like a little bit, but it starts pretty f- fucking soon. I think so. There's so. a lot of lesbian sex in this. Yeah, and both of the women are very, very, very enthusiastic. Oh yeah, and it's hard to say how much of it is like Suki putting on a performance. Well, that's maybe. kind of what's curious is that you're not really sure like, what parts of it are genuine and what parts of it aren't. Yeah, but then a lot of it feels so. Were this they is, this really is, schlicken? This <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a lot of sh- there was a lot of schlick that I saw. Oh you know man! What? Oh man! Um, it's hard. To, this is related to the David Lynch thing we were talking about the other day, where like a lot of what they're doing is so feels so similar to what look what happens in like crap porn, mm. where they're like moaning and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, where um, it's so similar to that that you don't. I'm not sure whether the film's just doing that or mm. whether it's the women are like self-awarely doing that and yeah, yeah. in this performative kind of way. So a lot of the movie, it made me so uncomfortable that I was, I, while watching it, it, I was so worried that like it was this like gross dude making this gross dude movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I thought that all the men that were like kind of very sexual dudes or very abusive dudes, I almost was worried that that was this guy being like, "Fuck yeah, how cool are dudes? Dudes just yeah. fucking broads." I don't, I don't think smoking so. cigars. I, I didn't yeah. really get the critique to it. I would like to think it was a critique because it was so ridiculous that maybe it was. But just in the moment, I was so caught up with like knowing that you were going to watch this on my recommendation. No, it was on my <laughs> list anyway, man. I did. Yeah, yeah th- uh, it was. I was going to end up watching it at some. I didn't know anyway. that. So I was just so yeah, caught yeah. up in like, fuck, I'm going to have to make some phone calls after this. You, yeah, there's no way you could have known how horny it was before you watched it anyway. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think... Okay, so the bottom line is, I think there's a there's uh, there's an interesting dynamic there where a lot of the male... A lot of the male performances to me felt quite cartoonish and a lot of the female performances to me felt extremely nuanced, except for the sex. Um, like if they're not uh, where there's not sex involved I think that it was like I mean I think it wasn't bad uh, acting I think it was just as you say like like extremely impassioned to the point where it's like I don't know I've never heard 
me or anyone else do that. <laughs> so, yeah. It does. Yeah. You're, Shame you're for lost, me. Brother. Yes, I'm bad at sex. <laughs> um, yeah. Really? You've never. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Right, fine. Yeah. Never had sex. Never. That's <laughs> Wouldn't know. Must I've be never, nice. I've never heard me or anyone else have, have sex. sex. <laughs> <laughs> never. I've never heard anyone else have sex. Well, That's if you're pretty blind, good. You know. That's <laughs> true. But then you would still be hearing you. <laughs> That's the one thing you would be doing. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. So if you're blind, yeah. that's all that matters is whether you've heard yourself have sex or not. Yeah, right. Okay. So if you're blind, then it will be fine. You'll be like, oh, yeah, that's a reasonable thing to say. I've never heard myself have sex. Yeah, yeah, I suppose if you are blind, that is a reasonable thing to say. If you're deaf, it's a totally normal thing to say, <laughs> no matter whether you've had sex or not. Um, so, okay, yeah. Uh, there's if that. you can't speak, <laughs> you wouldn't, now you wouldn't be saying anything at all, though, would you? You're dumb thick. You'd be like... Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Cut that out. Oh, <laughs> 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 every every week I've been going a bit too far and beeping it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just be the whole thing. And let them let them do the bad work filling out <laughs> what you actually said. What cursed thing is Oscar said this yeah. week? Um so uh, yeah, I guess like and the, one of the reasons why this film I, I really liked in the first half seeing that um not not the bad acting, like the characters slipping when they have moments where they think no one's watching and they will like drop the act for a sec mm. and they'll be like, it'll, you know, it'll just be like turning away and they fucking roll their eyes or something because they can't, they're, they're, they're just so sick of like having to keep this facade up yeah. or whatever. Um, I liked those bits. So it was pretty funny. Um, and then like it gets that kind of like that old boy like darkness to it, I suppose, moving forward in the film. Um Let's get into spoilers. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I don't know. I'd recommend this movie if you're in for something like... A bit weird, a bit different. Pretty, pretty fucking left field, to be honest. Maybe really watch com- it by yourself. <laughs> yeah, I would say I would I would not feel comfortable... Don't watch it with your parents. <laughs> don't watch this. Oh, no, God, no. prayers up for anyone that fucking watched this movie <laughs> with their parents. I... With anyone's parents, I, 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 I literally think I just couldn't make it through. I've ne- I, I've like been very uncomfortable watching films with my parents before because I've stuck it out the whole time. Yeah. And in this movie, holy shit! I'll tell you something else that was sticking out the whole time. <laughs> um, I can't think of another funny thing, but you know, something else. Something else. Um, yeah, something. 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 Something is not a part of me. Um, the. So I, I just don't know, like, yeah, it's pretty out there. Um, it's never... extremely favorable, and I saw a lot of like kind of thematic commentary on this of like, um, in general, like, uh, success of queer characters being quite a yeah. notable like thing in in this. That's kind of really nice. Um, I wouldn't want to bring this movie to the table, right? To but you'll back up. To watch. It, you'll back it up as a suggestion. Yeah. Okay. I think that's probably yeah. It just feels too hard to recommend to someone because I, I think it's got a lot of merit. I think it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. But I just said, think like no well, matter what, no matter how much sex you think is in this movie, it, it's more than that. There's more than that, and, and, and it's, it's more graphic and it's than more that. Graphic, yes, there um, is a sequence. There, there is a shot in the movie where it's a point of shot. It's a point of view shot yeah. from inside a woman's vagina. That I, well, but earlier when I said get the camera inside the pussy, yeah. not a joke. The point of view that shot is, is a POV shot ins- from the vag. Inside her vagina looking out of it. At someone who's getting their someone tongue out. At someone who is, yeah, go, going down. Getting ready down to growl. Yeah. Oh, and Lord. And you see that shot That's twice. Yes. 
There's a there's an uh, an over the head uh, crane there's shot. A, yeah, there's an over the head rig rotating sixty nine that goes on for like thirty <laughs> seconds. Um, it's wild. Just it's good. Just insane. And there's a bit of a there's a bit of a frame narrative type type thing that happens in this movie a bit. Getting a bit get this isn't a spoiler yet, but there's a bit of a frame narrative type thing that gets into this movie a bit where you see the same sex scene more than once. Right. From yeah. People from various perspectives, <laughs> not not angles, but perspectives. Perspectives, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like yep. now that you have this emotional context, let's watch that same sex scene again. Yeah, it's wild. Yes, it spends quite a bit of time, and it becomes like it's actually good storytelling. Like they are these are central emotional beats for this character, but like it just doesn't shy away from showing you that at all. There's, yeah. there's the camera just never turns off, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll tell you something else never turns off. Because it's fucking waterproof, clearly. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Uh, yeah. There's a prophylactic lens on that thing, I'll tell you. I suppose that's a long winded way of saying go in on it, but don't go in on it with anyone else in the room. Yeah, just. So that you can really enjoy it the way nature intended. Oh, God. I didn't even. Like, I think really it was, as you say, like, it was just uncomfortably real at points. Um, Yeah, it's not like. I don't. I think you would, unless you're like a twelve-year-old. I think you're gonna find this movie like not not actually arousing, which I think is what makes the sex scenes like kind of uncomfortable in a way. Because yeah, it's like it's just like look, I don't really want to be watching this porn right now. It's just too. It's too visceral, and it wouldn't matter. Like it's nothing to do with the fact that it's a lesbian thing. It wouldn't. I just I don't want to see many sex any. Scenes for too long. It, it 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 it's hard to say that it's not self-indulgent. That's what I I'll say. I think it is self-indulgent. Yeah. And I think and he's... That was where I got to where it was like, look, if if this is empowering to a point, if this is making a good statement about queer characters yeah. in cinema or female characters in cinema to a point, we're now past that point. And this is just a horny dude I think, uh, who yeah. is absolutely loving the opportunity to film two beautiful women having sex on camera for it's, half an hour. It's... Oh, and no matter how much it's people might justify that it's not that, it feels like that watching it. It feels like this is unnecessary. The and shot the of um portrait in Portrait of a Lady on Fire where she's got her fingers in her armpit was like sexier than anything in this movie because uh, it, it was But if you get a te- yeah, if you get so a tease, subtle. yeah, if you get a subtle like a tease of something erotic in a film, it, it's it's almost like a monster movie where you don't get to see the monster for very long. Yeah. It sort of keeps you on edge a bit. Uh, I don't want to get <laughs> <laughs> too analytical about exactly what I would prefer in exactly my erotic why you've films. made the comparison between <laughs> <laughs> like, women's bodies and like, monsters. But here's, here's how you'd make a movie if you want to turn me on. Yeah. <laughs> but I just think like it's too much sex and it no longer becomes sexy. And I feel like it's shot and it's it's displayed in a way that makes me feel like the director thinks he's being really sexy. It's not. Yeah, it's not just like it's not just like Randy fun. It's like. It, I, I it's it's so hard like, to believe that the sex is simulated that I just felt like I was actually just watching two people have sex and like I don't really want to do that for like half an hour or really no. much much at all like no. in in the in terms of a narrative you know yeah exactly anyway. I just I, I I feel like I got like halfway into every sex scene that was in this movie and I sort of went yeah cool dude yeah. it would, it would reach the point where I was like wow another angle okay all right <laughs> yeah. you know that like that, that was and there was like a lot of the sex scenes in it so i think outside um, of that's a good movie 
Yeah, can, I mean, can, can we talk about some of the twists and turns? Yeah, so if there's a reason for that, cool. I don't have the queer cinema perspective on why that might be a good thing. Um, but from a normal viewer perspective, I think it really makes this like, you know, well, you're already watching it by that point, but um, I think it's not a, yeah, it's not it's not on the pro, it's not on the pro was, side of the pros or cons. If it was any sex with any characters, for me personally, I would have had enough. Exactly, yeah. Halfway into everyone. There's so much sex. Okay, so um, getting into the twist, and we're going to fully spoil it. I would recommend this movie, but just know yeah. that it's the horniest movie ever made. <laughs> um <laughs> so, this is a, a movie with a couple of twists. Yeah. And I'm not just talking about what them <laughs> hands do. Okay? Um, story twists. So, oh. we, we find out about a third of the way in when it kind of does this, like, part two thing that you didn't really know because it didn't say part one it at the start. It did say part one. You weren't watching. Oh, well, I wasn't watching. That was when, <laughs> that was when I was trying to do something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was like the, uh, the very first thing on screen was, like, part one. Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't say anything, so I didn't know I missed anything, so I didn't know to look at it. Um, that literally happened. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm learning this now. Okay, so anyway, yeah, it does a part two thing where you find out that so they get to the uh, mental asylum, and uh, you think like, oh, this is a really impactful decision because uh, this is where Suki's going to hand over Lady Hideko right, to the she has mad to do doctors. the hardest decision yeah. of the film, and um, uh, Lady Hideko ends up like walking away, uh, or like pushing, kind of pushing her away and and running back and. You're not really sure what's going on, and then you realize, like, oh, they fucked her over because the doctors start referring to Suki as Lady Hideko and like restraining her and taking and her in. And they're like, oh, see, she's still crazy. She still thinks. She still thinks. She still thinks she's a handmaiden. Right. Yeah. Well, no, she still thinks that she's. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah, yeah. That's right. That that she's the handmaiden. She's like, so I'm just a handmaiden. That's Lady Hideko over there. They've and done she's like, a oh, character she's crazy. swap. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then it just like basically she's screaming and being like, no, what are you doing? There's a mistake. And then. Um, cut to black and we sort of start again from the perspective well not from the perspective but we see uh, Count Fuji's actions and he approaches Lady Hideko with initially weeks earlier initially with the plan that he has and he comes to the uh, to the castle on the hill to start the to plant the seed of enacting this plan but he sees her and realizes oh, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to seduce this woman. She's actually too smart and clever. And we see a little bit more of her characterization, a little bit more of her backstory, realize she's really switched on and cunning. She's not at all naive about anything sexual. She is the one that her uncle has been forcing to do these readings of Of erotic erotic literature in a very sexualized way, all dolled up to In front of like eight dudes. Rooms full of Japanese businessmen um, while they all go, oh... And like oh. cross her legs because oh. well, she's throbbing dicks in their oh, pants. It's, it's so great, um, so insane. You get like my, some great f- reaction images. My favorite facial expression yeah. is aroused Japanese businessman Tw- twirling his mustache. Yeah. You get you get about twenty of them. Oh, in it's this. great! It's gold mine. There's, there's yeah. about four scene, four different scenes where Hideko is reading erotic literature to groups of old Japanese dudes, and every single one of them puts on this crazy hand, crazy expression. And they've all got like blood vessels popping out of their yeah. necks and stuff. It's, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so yeah, she's so he he realizes the plan will never work, and so he approaches her and says, "Okay." Here's what I was. Uh, uh, Here's what I was going. All, to my, do. all my cards on the table. Here's what I came here to do. I'm not who you think I am. Um, I, 
was planning on doing all this stuff, but instead what we're going to do is still sort of do that plan, but then at the very last second we'll do a bait and switch and we'll throw Suki in the madhouse. Suki, sorry. Suki. Suki into the madhouse instead of you. And then we'll we'll be in the free and clear because everyone will think that like you're her and we can just both fuck off and go our separate ways. We'll change... I feel like the important bit there is that she, uh, Hideko is worried if she runs away that her uncle will find her. Right. So he's like, no, we'll, swip, we'll swap your identities and your uncle will think that you're in this madhouse. you're in this madhouse. So you're fine. In Japan as yeah. well. Um, so, yes. And then we see the rest of... And the reason why this is what you were alluding to earlier, we see multiple things twice. The rest of the film, or the, the rest of the second part, is her... Uh, r- going through the motions of pretending to not want to fall in love with this count while in order to manipulate Suki yeah into kind of going along with this plan and thinking that she's convincing you, you her you see the whole have you seen the prisoner of azkaban uh, yes you see the whole first half of the movie again from a, the third from a different perspective yeah that's sometimes right. you watch yeah, the yeah. same scenes again sometimes you watch the same scene from like a third perspective where the count is someone's watching. looking through a hole in the wall or something yeah yeah and so you watch the same the glory hole in the wall. so you watch the same 20 minutes of the mo- half an hour of the movie again yeah but from that different perspective and with that new information exactly like they're doing um uh prison with all the time travel issues and so that made it feel very much like a heist yeah, there was movie? a lot of Ocean's Eleven type stuff. That's something yeah. I meant to mention before. Is there's a lot of stuff when when they're setting up the first half of the movie as well, where he explains like, "Here's what we're gonna do," the best and then it shows you them doing it. Is the the letter that you talked about where she where Suki says, "I yeah. can't read." What the letter Suki actually can't read. Yeah. And then what the letter actually says is, "Don't worry, this bitch can't read at all." What you have to say to her is, um, "This, this, this, and this. Uh, make her do this, then tell her this, and then go mm. along with this." You got to convince her. You got to show her as much of your shit as possible, so she's as fixated on getting the fortune out of you as possible that she'll just go along and try as hard as she can to convince you. Yeah. And, um, so that yeah. So in in a way, it's it's really painful because then you just have to watch this naive character who has bad intentions, but then actually falls in love. But you and sort then of learn to love intentions. her a bit because you've seen as she has a bit of a conscience. Yeah, exactly. And so now you're sort of watching like like Bambi being led to the slaughter yeah. by this woman who, I, a Lady Hideko in the first half, you think she's like the painfully naive one. Now you realise she's, she's a like, she's vicious manipulator. Savage. She's yeah. a fucking psychopath. And she's an excellent actor and she's, yeah. She's been, and she's been like uh, emotionally and potentially abused physically and, abused yeah. for like her entire life and it's sort of just like turned her into this like broken machine human being. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she just cold-heartedly goes along with the whole thing. She's, as you say, an excellent actor, which I think is one of the more impressive elements of all of these performances is they're doing that character-in-a-character type performance, which yeah. I think is really interesting and fun to watch. It's fun to watch people. I love when you get to watch an actor break their own character. Yeah, and, um, it, and it's fun to watch these people fuck each other over in that way. Yeah, yeah. And sort of everyone's bad in this movie. Like everyone has starts off, Excuse me. It starts off with these like manipulative intentions, yeah, and so it's sort of just playing them off against each other. That's fascinating to watch that unfold, and it's really and these beats where you think that characters are discovering situations or stumbling upon things that they shouldn't know, and it's actually that they've 
it's been orchestrated that they will see that thing. And it's fun to watch the same scenes again, knowing yeah, yeah. a secret. Because you're like, oh, fuck, that was that thing from earlier. Yeah, and it's, exactly. Ocean's Eleven does that as well. And Ocean's Eleven's one of my favorite movies. Where yeah. It, yeah, it shows you the same shit again, but with a little secret. You're like, oh, my God, I'm a genius. I didn't know the whole time, yeah. yeah. And I think one of the things... So there's also this like subplot of the, um, the uncle doing this shit the whole time. Um, you get to watch the Count being pretty charming and stuff. Um, there's like the story between them of the uncle's books. There's a lot of flashbacks to, sorry, the uncle uh, accruing this book collection. There's a lot of flashbacks to uh, Lady Hideko's early life. You see her, uh, her, so her mother died in childbirth. Yeah. And um, so she feels guilty about that. And that's a point of empathy between her and Suki. But you also see her aunt, who she was raised by, that that's the uncle's wife, um, kind of like, in the same situation as she was in much earlier. So he made her do all of that erotic style reading and, and yeah. that type of thing. And then she ends up um, killing herself uh, because she can't take it anymore. And you get the same story again intercut with a lot of this type of backstory and, and kind of uh, character development from the past, I guess. Yeah. Then part three. So then they get to the... Uh, once again, we get up to the stage of the um, uh, the dumping her in the madhouse and, and now you have all this context now you've got all this context happened. exactly and so then we've got the two parallel storylines have synced up and we're, we're moving forward past that of what happens next <laughs> and then it goes part but three and you're like oh fuck yeah because the thing that you see happen is that um, it, it, you start to see the, the, the storyline diverge from what you thought happened before it syncs up with that madhouse thing and so you're like wait a second there's still some stuff I don't really know because Lady Hideko the young woman tries to kill herself and you see her like almost she, she's like got a rope same way as her mom she's got this rope tied around her neck and she's on the bow of a tree and she drops and so you're like wait i know that she doesn't die here so what the fuck happens and suki stops her how fucked up herself. is it you see her practicing hanging from the I tree know, it's really nuts oh, that was man. a very visceral scene um <clears throat> and so suki stops her and um uh, the uh, and the the lady refers to her by her real name, not her handmaiden name. She says, "I'm worried about you. Um, it seems like you're actually getting involved in this little plot." And Suki's like, uh, "How uh, how do you know my name?" And what, p- plot? What plot? <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, and so it's revealed that like, okay, so she's aware of what happens. So how was she surprised at the madhouse bit? And then that's when you realize that, or it's explained that they have both made each other aware of the plan <laughs> to fuck Suki over. Suki, Suki's like, I was going to fuck you over. And yeah. Hideka goes, no, no, bitch. I know that. <laughs> and so then I've planned to fuck you, you over. <laughs> but I can see that you're emotionally involved. So we're kind of back at, back at zero because... Yeah. I, I I see that you've come good, but you are still going to do it. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, you, you then get this really interesting Yeah, there's a bit where, dynamic. like, uh, uh, Hideko does something, does something mean to Suki, and it's like, I'm not going to apologize, though, because you weren't going to fuck me. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, like, you realize that, like, oh, God, there's, like, two layers of manipulation going on here that I was not aware of as an audience member, which is really sick to watch. So as soon as there was the reveal of the first part, I was all in on this movie. Yeah. Um, and then the final act is the two women have conspired to fuck over the count. The count. 
Yeah. And Suki has gotten herself into the madhouse deliberately right. to lull the Count into a false sense of security. Suki is going to escape. She's, she'll kill him or do away with him or whatever. And then, they and then they'll run off together. together. Yeah. How fucked up when it goes full old boy at the end there. Oh, the Count yeah. goes into the basement with the octopus shit. Um, There's so much. Like, the implication is that it happened like the fisherman's uh, the fisher fisherwoman's fantasy well, like he, or whatever it is. Like he actually fucking. tried to get an octopus to fuck a woman. I am maybe. sure that that is what's implied when oh the mother God. goes down into the basement. But yeah, um, yeah, really not. So I, I I loved the the reveals that this film had, and I really loved how much clever foreshadowing there was where I didn't feel like the movie was cheating me at any point because all of the stuff was. There were a couple of moments where you'd see something in like the second or the first act and you'd be like, that was weird. The moment where Lady Hideko laughs for a second uh, when Suki, Suki's being pulled into the madhouse and just, the, there's just, it just something felt, spot that. Someone felt a tiny little offbeat and I was like, that was, that's weird. Like, and I thought it was like, oh God, she's a real psycho. Like, and that's she, good because what you don't want in a movie like that, sorry, is, no. is when um, you see a flaw like that and you're worried the movie's fucked up. Yeah, like, oh, no. That's a, I've seen a mistake in I the thought movie, it was, or I've seen a failure in the movie. Yeah, I noticed something weird, and I thought, oh, God, it must be this. And it's like, no, it's not that. Yeah. It could be that, but it's not. It's, it's this other thing. Yes. And it, it does that a lot. The reasons for both of them both exist in the movie. Yeah. Not like, oh, it's either a mistake in well, the yeah. movie or it was intentional. Because at that shit. point, you think she is a real psychopath, but imagine laughing when that happens. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, well, no, she's not. She's laughing because she, she's, it's working. Mm. She's laughing because she's sharing this like moment of like play with um, <laughs> with Suki as she's getting pulled into this madhouse. So, yeah. yeah. it's um And like Suki... Uh, she's in the madhouse. She eats the rice ball and it's got a cockroach in it and she laughs too. Um, I didn't understand and, and that cockroach thing. Well, it's just showing how horrible things are. Oh, yeah, but, right. and, and you're like, oh, why is she laughing? She's stuck there. It's like, because she's not stuck there. Yeah, That's right. the funny part. It's <laughs> like, yeah, she's like, oh, well, yeah, it sucks, but I'm going to be out of here in like a day. I didn't really understand like what their plan was to get her out there. They were just like, oh, we'll give you this hairpin and that'll probably help you escape. I don't know. Well, no, because <laughs> the people that come in to fight the fire are her old band of mates oh yeah the, the guy when he walks into the room he stutters he stammers in the same way that the um that he did at the very start of the movie where he was get trying that. to get so it's she, so subtle so she deliberately set the fire and yeah right. yeah and then she sets it up so that her mates from the band of uh brothers and sisters come her. in and come in and, and they're the ones that escort her away oh, I didn't even it's get so that. good and like the only real thing that you can i mean like there, there might be literally a case of like us recogni- not recognizing the actors and actresses but um the uh, the the stammer is like a tell because the yeah he walks in and he no i think he's got a mask on cuz he tells everyone like all right everyone leave but he stammers when he says it and the only other time anyone stammered is right at the start where the count is talking to that dude and he interrupts him when he's stammering it's really yeah. sick it's very clever storytelling it is cool it's got a script on the level of i think on the level of old boy and i think um this would have been like Maybe a nine out of ten movie, if it didn't have quite as much sex in it. I literally think that's all it is, and that made me so uncomfortable. I didn't really enjoy the movie as much. I think like, it's like a, it's not like a seven and a half out of ten. That feels too brutal. It's like an eight, eight and a half out of ten because the script is a fucking ten out of ten. 
Like it's really, yeah. really, really sick. I am it's just really worried that it was like self-indulgently. I just, it, I, it felt, it felt self-indulgent and gross and mm. exploitative. To the me. final scene of this movie is, uh, the final shot is it's the they're them putting the bells inside each other, right? Yeah. The final shot is a very well composed shot of two women inserting full. You you almost fully see it inserting sex beads into each other's pusses at the same yeah. time. Yeah. And it's like it's it's, it's like Wes Anderson symmetry. It, it looks really great. And I was like, oh, cool! It's the thing from the story, but now and it's, it's in the- and it's foreshadowed. But it's still you're still just watching. Two women yeah. insert things into each other, like, and it's like, cool, okay, man. I, I feel like you could have just like shown me a shot of the bells and then done yeah. it, and it wouldn't. It's be unnecessary. So it, and like, and I, also, this movie's two and a half hours long. I so like seeing stuff reflected on screen like that, but it just didn't feel like it added to the narrative. Especially when they're shiny puss bells. Am yeah, I right, no, boy? It, like, like I, I mentioned it earlier, but like when there's that shot after Suki comes up for air after she's been going down on uh, Lady yeah. Deco, and like, yeah, and her, her face is all wet. Her face is all shiny, and it's like, oh, I'm watching a movie. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, I see enough of that in my off time. Yeah, and it, you know, <laughs> yeah. it would just be exactly the same if, like, you, s- you you couldn't see the peen, but you just saw the spaff going across camera or something. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. grub. You're a grub. You're being a grub. That'd Stop be, it. That'd be that'd. Be, uh, this movie's corrupted me to the point where I'm like, yeah, that would have been nice for a change. <laughs> yeah. I saw forty I'd love minutes. To see some cheers. <laughs> so forty minutes of lesbian sex. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Please. Um, yeah, no, I literally think... Yeah, I don't need to see Gruel in my movie. I just... <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. movie's more like Oliver Twist in, in <laughs> more ways than one. She's like, please, sir, I'll take some more. Because <laughs> uh, we're going to watch this three more times. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I might almost watch this movie again and fast forward through those scenes. You could, you could and you would miss no story. Like, yeah. that's what the problem is with it. And it doesn't... Yeah, it's, it's not like in the middle of him fucking, she's like, I'm secretly your father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think there isn't any of that. But there are a few future tells that happen in the sex scenes. And that's what makes it so hard to say you can just skip through. Because there are some times when... Like, there's a, a shot of uh, Lady Hideko in the... It, during the biggest sex scene from the first part where she just like she's out of she can't see Suki can't see her face and she looks bored and kind of like uncomfortable with what's going yeah. on Yeah, and so like yeah it is telling that story again but we sort of don't really need that because we already know that her heart's not in but it. also that doesn't need to be five minutes long it can right. just be 15 seconds long yeah exactly and yeah. it serves to it does serve to set up the conflict well and I guess the bottom line of the story is like you think that she's faking it and maybe she is but then she's also it looks like she's sort of enjoying it right and so at the end in the end um, it is also kind of her sexual awakening because like um, she you know she's set up to be this like basically completely asexual character where she's like I'm incapable of ever feeling anything thing, like that yeah. right because she's so broken um, and yes, Suki's passion kind of does like teach her or like let her become that type of, of being, which is a good story again, but it's just not served by the amount of sex in this. In I, just this thought we, I just thought it was too much. I think we, we, there's, 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 <laughs> there's only the so reason much. The laboring the point so much is because it's good of movie. how much there is in this fucking movie. Yeah, and it's a and, good movie and otherwise. Movie. And it'd be yeah. cool in the same way as Parasite. Which is the only other Korean movie, really, that I've seen that's equipped that's similar. In the same way as Parasite has those cool, twisty moments where it's really fun to watch, and this is all—it also has that. It just has this weird, 
40-minute lesbian sex scene. Now, I don't know the contents of this, but what if I told you that there is a cut of this film that's two hours 45? <laughs> I, have, I have heard that there is an extended yeah, scene. Yeah. I think it will be more sex. <laughs> it would be difficult for it not to be because the storytelling is tight. Imagine having that's not the only thing 40 tight. minutes of lesbian sex in your movie I don't, I just and don't know some what of the else. deleted scenes aren't more uh, sex. Aren't more sex. <laughs> some of the deleted scenes like, are like... You cut story for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. if, he, if he deleted... Anything other yeah. than sex, yep. he made a mistake. <laughs> like, what if he had like more characterization or more scenes with dialogue? Uh, it's God. God only knows. And like, either he deleted scenes from the first half with Suki and Hideko, which is a mistake, or he deleted scenes from the second half where Hideko was plotting with the Count, or he deleted scenes from the third. No matter what he deleted, yep. if it wasn't There's sex, no he's made way. a mistake. Yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. So if you want more sex, I'm just trying to. F- I, I'm tr- I'm scrolling through the IMDb trivia to try and find out, like, if there is <laughs> what's in these fucking deleted scenes. But oh, I know I exactly what's going to be. Yeah, in. yeah. I think you might be right. <laughs> I think it might be an extra twenty minutes of boning. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe really. the count finally gets a crack. Well, he he tries. It's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's also awesome. It's pretty bad. Maybe yeah. maybe that is a vote in favour of um, the fact that his um, his, his comeuppance is awesome. <laughs> yeah, him him trying to rape someone, not cool. No, I'm going on record. But and I, it's I a bold it's, move, but I, I think that's maybe that is a vote in favour of the movie being a bit mocking and being crit- critical of that maleness. Yeah. Of these films, typically. Because he's, at the end, like, someone's like, oh, what was it like fucking her? And he never gets to. He never got to. He was, like, mocked he, by he Hideko. He never gets the satisfaction. He never gets the satisfaction of it. And he was, like, M- M- Hideko, like, mockingly, like, fakes sex noises at him while looking at him, like, derisively to make the people listening in the next room think they're fucking. Yeah. And he has to be like, oh, it was, yeah, it was great. Fucking... But fucking, he, fucking he doesn't. Her was great. I, I don't think he says anything like that. I think and he I think does. that. Mm, I don't think so because he keeps delaying asking for a cigarette. And so I actually think the end of the film, he becomes that same level of defiant and maybe like. Pr- it, 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 I wouldn't say it's like redemptive, but um, the old guy, I feel, never gets the level of satisfaction either because this other guy is like, I'll tell you as soon as you give me that fucking cigarette, man. And yeah. obviously, they're yeah, right. suicide yeah, right. sigs. But I think it's important that the old, the the real shithead, the old guy in this movie, the uncle, never gets any sexual satisfaction yeah. derived from <laughs> forty years of blue balls, man. Oh man, um, yeah, he's. Uh, I th- I thought what happened to his character was pretty cool. Um, he was a good villain in the movie. He, he was, was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that the old makeup that he wore was so hilariously bad. Oh, it was very unconvincing. <laughs> <laughs> because there's so many flashbacks of the uncle as a young man that yep. they got a young guy to play the uncle. Yeah, yeah. And then he's got this terrible fucking like old boy level old makeup. Yeah. It's so funny how it's, bad it's the makeup quite funny, is. Yeah. He's, it looks like they dusted his hair with flour and, and stuck some <laughs> real fake eyebrows on him. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that all we got? I think that's all I we got. I reckon so. We've run super long anyway, but... Um, oh, Jesus. You know, yeah, we have. All it's right. A, this one's a bigger, longer, and uncut episode. <laughs> we got it. What if we just use that as the title? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, oh well. God. Thanks for joining us this week. I hope that we tricked some of you into watching this movie. Um, you you should, but just know what you're going. You know no, what you're getting into. I would love. I don't. It's think, a great script. I don't know if anyone is watching along with us while we release these. I would love for someone to have gone. Oh, the Handmaiden, huh? If that's what they're covering next week, yeah, I'll yeah. watch that. Yeah. And gotten halfway through, be like, what, what the fuck? The fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's going to be a nice catharsis for anyone who watched it without having the heads up, just being like. Oh my god, that's that's Vijay Juice. <laughs> like, now there's a title. <laughs> Vijuice. Vijay Juice. Oh well, thank you for joining us for another week on Beef Station. If we ever come back next week, God knows what we'll be watching. Maybe yeah. you do. Let us know. It's in it's in the description of this week's episode. Um, Join us on Facebook. You can email us, beefstationpod at gmail.com. I might start a poll of what's the horniest film you've ever seen. <laughs> no, because this is up there. This is... Let's do that. we got to get back Yeah, yeah, group. we should. Yeah. Uh, Fucking hell. Yeah, that's it. I ho- hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I'm Oscar. I'm Andrew. See you later.